0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30 day free trial at www.audibletrial.com/slash cultural stew. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player.
1: Please listen carefully.
0: Welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast coming to you from the Goat Factory Media Entertainment Studios. We are your cultural media recommendation podcast, giving you our take on what we think is worth carving your time out for, and also what we think you can pass on and maybe go cut that lawn instead. Warning, we use adult language, and there may be spoilers ahead. Hello and welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast. My name is Ron Herkins Jr., and welcome to episode... Seventeen for the week of July 30th, 2018. I am here with my co-hosts... Tony Carter.
1: And... Valerie Vidmar.
0: Hello and welcome.
1: I'm planning on using adult language and giving spoilers. Okay. There's it was a, I was being funny because I was listening to our little intro there.
0: The intro that we've had for 17 shows now.
1: Beware.
0: Yes. Occasionally we swear like sailors and... Spoil like children right now. That doesn't work. Spoil children and...
1: Are you kidding me? Hey. Sorry, I just found something else. He's always
0: finding things. What were you up to this week, Tony?
2: Um, you know, uh, baby wrangling, um, Mm-mm. bonding with my newborn son. Um, a lot of writing in between that. So, but yeah, I mean, a lot of good writing, a lot of research for my novels. I'm been gonna be writing soon, and just uh,
1: yeah. Your novel about. Anything. Do you not want to
2: talk about? It? Uh, I can go that way. Um, so I'm writing one novel. is a um, about a podcast in Detroit called Motor City Live. I'm calling that right now, and it's about a group of room, room.
3: Welcome to Motor City Live. This is Chuck.
2: It's a. Uh, oh my god. It's about um, three people who come together Palestine. about their love of cars in Detroit, and they talk about more than cars about the economy oh, of Detroit yes. and how it makes them feel and what they're going to do about it. So. It's kind of a mirror to life kinda of situation, so I'm kinda taking inspiration from our podcast and bringing it to you about cars. So I'm learning about cars and the auto industry history and that kind of fun stuff. So
1: You need to call up uh what's his bucket? What's his bucket? Mm-hmm. Director Flint Michigan Flint. Come on, guys. You mean he is Michael Moore? Thank you. He'd be interested in that project. It's just a novel right now, and it's fiction. I know but just wait.
2: But yeah, other than that, I mean, I, I, I love researching because it gives, makes me a uh, pseudo-expert on what I'm researching. So I know a lot about American history because I had a character who was a professor. So in that way, you kind of have to grab facts on a whim. You can't be looking in your book for history notes when you should be able to keep writing and flowing. So I try to become an expert on everything I'm writing about. So I don't do Beforehand, that. you mean? Beforehand, yeah.
1: So.
0: Well, That old adage, write you know. So. right.
2: And we you know so much. Yeah, it needs to leak out a little, but it won't.
1: That's but, okay.
0: And my—that's yeah. called brain fluid. Your head. You might, might need to see
1: a surgeon. Yeah, yeah, it is getting bigger.
2: And my uh, boy um, Sebastian is one month. Oh. So, yeah, a lot of fussiness. His sister Marnie was a lot easier. He's probably gonna hate me when he hears this in the future. But uh, Marnie was a lot easier to handle. Thing. he sounds like a bullfrog so whenever he's grunting in the middle of the night we call him bullfrogs awake so it's just you hear eh, 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 eh. and it's like uh oh,
1: okay is he in another room
2: no he's in our room okay. until he's six months so and just it's just a little much just a little much and his sister the other day learned how to jump out of her crib or crawl out of her crib. Sweet, I remember that.
1: I remember that. We have a video of that. Escape
2: yeah. artist. So we were. I was downstairs editing in the basement, and Grace was outside gardening, and they were all asleep. And we just hear, "Uh oh!" And then she's downstairs, and Grace is like, "Did you let her downstairs?" And I'm like, "No." And she's like, yeah, baffling. So the dog was kind of barking. We didn't know why. And we said, "Oh, well, you are telling us your sister was out of her crib," and. Coming downstairs. So
1: we took both, unexpected human. <laughs> we put that. We took both girls back down, put them in and said, OK, climb out. Let's see how you did it. And filmed it. And uh, yeah,
2: I don't want to encourage it. We just said, don't do that ever again. It's not safe. Please don't. And we're oh. going to be undoing our bed and
0: lowering it another notch. I, uh, going back to Incredibles 2, the scene where Jack Jack kept getting out of the, the crib And he ended up putting, like, everything that he could on top of the crib so that he couldn't get out. And he didn't realize that Jack-Jack had (laughs) power, so he just kept getting out. I was just like, ah, this is fun.
1: I think Jason and I were more of a, if you're going to try to do it, let's try to do it safely. And then, I don't know what we did. After they started doing that, it was kind of like, okay, if you're going to do it safely, then.
0: We moved him to a bed. Pretty quick after so they started doing the crib thing. Do that. So soon. We,
1: we, we, yeah, we People dropped it, it, dropped all the way yeah. down, and then when they can do that, mm, I don't time. Know how
2: she got out without us hearing? I mean, it's like a ninja. Like just you hear like a. It's thump. amazing. She throws her bottle out of her crib every night. Like, oh, I'm done. Toss thump. And I'm like, oh, she I guess she's done drinking her water. But we didn't hear a sound. And I have good hearing, but I just hear bar 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 I'm like, you're barking at a cat. Like, have We so, a- have a cat too. Like, what are you barking at? And then. Oh, do you
1: have a camera?
2: We didn't set it up because we didn't think we had to. Because she just stomps on the wall when she's ready to get up, and yeah. So, but I guess we will.
1: And you should have seen what Jason rigged up, because they, they didn't have like these fancy cameras. Like our, our crib wasn't made for the. So he had he rigged this up with. Uh, I can't even tell you. I know there was wood involved, and like you know, and then he had things. Um, above it it looked insane but it worked I think the reason why we That's stopped how we likes because
2: things. Marnie creeped us out when she was you know young she would just get the camera on in the night and you see her eyes and her staring at the camera like just looking at us like oh you're looking at us and we're
0: looking at you and it's like okay demon baby <laughs> yeah. oh, <so> you <laughs> get, like, have have, it like the reflective eyes in the infrared and it just standing
1: there <laughs> we didn't have the one where you could look back at them oh or talk to them or anything
2: we just had the camera and it, just, it was creepy I'm like I, I'm not okay you're fine I'm gonna go to bed now thanks for that it's a little scare, so um, that's the news with me. I've been writing and researching and baby watching, and it's fun. I enjoy it, it's gonna be a good ride. So cool, no more years.
0: Uh, I went out and covered um, some photography out at Kiega Trails 50 last weekend, and then this weekend we went down to the Cooperstown Hall of Fame, cool, um, for induction weekend. We didn't stay both days, which we have in the past, which we wish we did, but we just didn't have time to uh, fit it all in. Did you miss Bob? Did I miss Bob? I think, was it Bob Costas
2: who was inducted? Oh, you saw him? Did you click, 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 click? click, Well, we saw him in the parade. Oh.
0: So, we stayed through on Saturday night at six o'clock they have the Parade of Legends. So, everybody who came in town, Hall of Fame people and all the new inductees all Mm. go on a parade and it's really cool. So, you get to see everybody. So, yeah. We didn't, we didn't want to go in and see the, uh, actual induction of Costas because it was so close to the parade that you, by the time you got out of there and then try to get a spot back, okay. you would lose your key spot.
1: Interesting fact because when I was watching League of Their Own, Kendra has been to Cooperstown and she watched the movie at the end. They have this huge
0: the Cooperstown area
1: yeah. of the, of the women and she was looking forward to that and couldn't wait mm-hmm. and then she said it was just like this tiny little... Spot. It's
0: Yui. it's about the size of my studio area out here.
1: That she was looking for something major. Mm-hmm. Well but
0: it it compared to the rest of baseball history, it's a very tiny slice of I know. History. I mean they, they do it justice. it's nice how they have it set up there.
1: Maybe it's been added on to it. I don't
0: know. It's it's always been pretty small, but okay. it's moved locations several times.
1: Oh, okay. Well that um, could be that it was moving locations.
0: How about you? you I, get
1: up to? I wrote. Mm. <gasps> Can A you believe word.
0: it? A word? Two words? Sentence? No,
1: I wrote two uh, two or three. I wrote three uh, essays. How to feel. It felt good when I got onto the right stuff. You know, it was interesting because, um, yeah, I, I was uh, writing and then I was going back and looking at my old writings to kind of. I don't know. It's almost like you have to go back and read what you wrote to get your voice back or to like, what was what was my voice? What did okay. it sound like? Yeah. And there are things that I don't have a clue. I don't even remember writing at all. Like, I just have no... they're like, that's pretty good. But I don't remember writing that. <laughs> but, um, you know, this class I'm taking in Writers and Books, uh, the Hermit Crab Essay is really helping. So that's awesome. So I, I've got three things popped off of that. And then I also wrote a bio. Um, I wrote a bio. Jason was just like, that would have taken me all weekend. (laughs) That was funny. Anyway, but um, just a short bio of myself because my friend, Rhonda Miller, who is an authorist, is uh, publishing one of my poems about ADHD. Hmm. So she needed a bio. So I got that done. And then we had Hogwarts Camp, which was kind of exciting because... Of all the different things and all the different courses you could take, Zoe, my eight-year-old, was the most interested in Daily Prophet, which is the the, um, newspaper that comes out um, daily, I believe, in the movie. Well, it comes out daily there, and you can write for it. And the first day, she missed it because she didn't quite understand what was going on. And then every day, she was in there. She would get up in the morning. The girl gets up at 6 o'clock, 6.15 every morning. She's up, she's upstairs writing. Um, so, so she, she had, had uh, a story in there on Tuesday, two stories on Wednesday, a story on Thursday, and a story on Friday. She made every single one. Hmm. So she even wrote a thank you note and said, you don't have to publish this. I just wanted to say thank you to everybody. And blah, blah. They published it. So, uh, yeah, if you have a little one. Where is this? That's at Writers and Books. Oh they did a fantastic job so it was really cool and she's doing another one doing <laughs> wizarding at uh, another camp this week so
2: she's I have a stupid question what do you call fans of Harry Potter are they potheads or potterheads
1: potterheads it's interesting cuz she, she did some silly little thing and she um you know how they do what house are you in but oh. the, it wasn't pottermore pottermore.com is the actual one you're supposed to go to that's the actual Um, jk rowling site and um she didn't do that so she was i know this means nothing to you she was hufflepuff before but when she took the test today the real test she was gryffindor when i took the real test i was hufflepuff it's kind of interesting but um i know that you're looking at me like days confused but
0: no I, I know about the houses I just it's don't. just not one of those things that
1: I know there's a lot of people that just are like Mm-kay. but it
0: doesn't seem like people look at me like that and when I talk so you guys about go by houses not about
2: so I mean like rent fans are called rent heads you guys don't have a nickname for yourselves like
1: Potterheads oh it's Potterheads okay they're Potterheads I'm not a Potterhead um m- my sister and Kendra and Zoe are okay I probably will be eventually I'm just not there yet because I've I'm thinking about too many other things.
2: Right. Makes sense.
1: So, yeah. I never got into, I mean, gosh. I don't know if I got into J.K. Rowling. I never did. I never really got into those books like my friends did. I was reading Stephen King still and trying to read dark. I was trying to be really dark. I was trying to read Clive Barker and I couldn't give it just could not get into it except Clive Barker wrote Cabal right I think he did i like. I like Cabal but um you know trying to read all these dark all the you know the um what's her bucket um Interview with a Vampire and her name oh my gosh I even saw her house in New Orleans and I have brain of nothing anyway so blah 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 blah. that's kind of what I did I didn't really I had not really done much except take kids to camp and bring them home
0: it's the life of of a mother during summer right
1: yeah yeah and Um, yeah
0: watching kids first everything else you want to do last
1: that's right (laughs) except I just don't that's not the way it was before when I was a kid I just fit into what my parents wanted to do yeah
0: well, and, and that's what we—I try to do with my kids. Lately, it's just like, hey, you're doing what we're doing. But they're old enough now that they're doing camp stuff all the time by themselves. So
1: yeah. they're so. growing. We're gonna put them both in school. So yeah, you got. You, you'll have to do a little with over
0: them. just over a month, and school starts up again. So, so.
1: so then yeah. you're gonna to have to it with me.
0: Put you in school. No, I gonna I mean, have so much jacket. energy. <laughs>
1: no, I'm getting a job. I don't know. Anyway. All
0: yeah. right. Uh, well, that is uh, our start of our show. Uh, we're going to roll into our news we care about. Uh, recommendations of the Week coming up. We've got uh, what we got. Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, it looks like a couple of us have seen that this week. Um, and also, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And Masterminds. And then for our director series continuing, we're going to talk about Wes Anderson, his films, and I Love Dogs. So, first up in the the news. I'm getting hand signals here.
1: I'm actually wondering who's up for next week. Oh. The next week. I
0: think it's me. Do rock, paper, scissors for it. (laughs) It's it's one of you two. Is it you?
1: I think it's me, yeah. Okay, because I have one. If you don't have one,
0: all right. So, well, into the news. This last couple of weeks has been a ton of news and a couple of big whammies that we'll save to the end to talk about because this might go on forever. So, uh, if you're at home, make up some popcorn and sit back because <laughs> this might get interesting. Uh, so, first thing down the line, we got uh, cue
1: this up for a really long drive. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody, We're sorry. hoping
0: to come in under two hours for this one. We'll be fine. We'll be good. We'll, we'll do it. All right. Uh, so up first, uh, Lin-Manuel is directing Tick, Tick, Boom, the movie adaptation with the writer of Dear Evan Hansen.
1: I don't know what Tick, Tick, Boom is. Tick, Tick,
0: Boom is uh, Larson's from Rent. Yes. Uh, uh, what the heck is this his first name? Jonathan, Jonathan Larson from Rent. He was the writer of it. Okay. And before Rent, he would kind of go around and do like a one-man cabaret type thing and Mm -hmm. tell stories and songs. And there were all little pieces and clips of it. And it kind of told the story of his life and his creation of bringing, basically at the end of it, Rent to stage. Okay. After he passed, um, you know, the MS passed at the opening of Rent, um, they took the... These little things that he had made, and all these um, pieces of musical, and, and put them into a full-on musical called "Tick-Tick Boom." And it basically tells it's a three-person musical: uh, two men, one woman, and they basically tell the story of Jonathan Larson leading up to pre-rent. That.
1: Can you explain "Tick-Tick Boom"?
0: Um, it's it, w- the title, or he's turning thirty
2: in the story. So, in the, in the musical, he's turning thirty. So yeah, he's,
0: he's he's basically at uh, the crisis moment of his life, okay. of like. He hasn't made it in Broadway, but he's been putting his energy out there and his friends that he's grown up with and the friends that he meets in New York City and cool. just kind of like, where is he going?
1: Kendra was not thrilled. She was kind of mm, wondering about it. But yeah.
0: I think it's great because Lynn, Lynn, uh, Lynn was one of the main characters on and on Boone when it was on Broadway.
1: I hope that- So it's somebody who actually
0: will respect the work and do it well. And they're very creative. And I, I think they'll do a great job for I it. Do they'll do it justice. They won't be like a no-name Hollywood person Chris coming Columbus. in and trying to do something with it that shouldn't have. it might not work out well. What are you so. doing over there? He's being critical.
2: I'm not a fan of Rent the Movie. Chris Columbus should have left it alone. I just yeah.
1: You Like it shouldn't have been made or it should have been de- made
0: not. by someone else.
1: Who would you have rather made it? Not him. Well,
0: you, you can, uh, it's, it's a circumstance of the time. Right. It, musicals were not very hip right. at the time, and it takes a big-name director to get push something like that through.
2: Right. He just did edits. So really That's why it. Angels
0: of America didn't end up in theaters. It ended up on HBO. Right. True. You know, there's, there's a certain borderline <laughs> of how things can get made.
1: I looked into tickets. For, uh um, angels. Holy cow. I looked into tickets for a lot of traveling Broadway shows lately, people. And if I were a rich man. Yeah. Da-da-da-da.
0: A lot of them come here to Rochester. And I, don't I don't know, but
1: they're so expensive. Yeah, it's I, crazy. I,
0: unless it's something I haven't seen and I'm very, very wanting to see it. I, I, I won't,
1: won't. I'm not going to be able to take her, Certainly. her meaning Zoe, to Hamilton. I'm not.
2: Oh no, you're not that's not gonna happen. they have still have a lottery, but you might as well just
1: I mean when I did when I told her this, she started crying. So that's not good. And then I was <laughs> I said actually, we had it's more it's less expensive to go to Broadway right now and see it than it is to see the traveling show. be probably because of um,
0: and you also have the costs. opportunity with the one in New York City if like if you plan out like going down there for a couple of days. You just put yourself in for the ham for ham lottery mm-hmm. every day. You never know. If you get in, you get in. You get really great seats and good discount. Yeah. Um, I mean, they. I wish they would find a way to make it more accessible, but...
1: You did know, you it's... did you see... Go wait, ahead. somebody did. Did somebody see Dogfight? We really wanted to get to see it. I Were saw
0: Dogfight t- at the GCC, yes.
1: Okay. I really wanted, we wanted to get to see it, but we didn't get to see it that one. So hopefully the next... Show that's out, we'll be able to. Get I'll to. send you, a,
2: yeah, I'll send you a heads up notice on that. There are seasons and things like that. But cool. cool.
0: Up next, um, I'm gonna skip the next one and move down to the next one before we go back to the next one. <laughs> okay,
2: are you talking about? <laughs> we're yeah. gonna
0: go to the Buffy Buffy reboot.
2: I don't know if I
1: still. I mean, are, I, are we talking about in film? What? Are we talking about TV? Talking about
0: a TV show? It's. It was announced uh, that Buffy is coming back as a reboot. Right. Um. If, S- And then the director clarified it a couple days, or the showrunner clarified it a couple days later that it is not going to be reboot; it's actually going to be sequel set twenty years later. So nice cover, but um, which eh, I mean, it'll have ties that it can pull into the past and then tell new stories. It's not going to be drawn same people, same creative, well,
2: same showrunner, same creator, and Joss Whedon's behind it since he created it. Um, I think he's going to bring some of the new writers and some old. I know that some on Twitter have been talking about it. That they want to be in. Most of them said we were beyond that. Now we want to do something else. So, but I mean, it's gonna be fine. It, it just when they say there's gonna be a reboot, I'm like, oh, we don't need a reboot of the series, just please. And then they did the s- sequel and spin off. I was happy. It's just
0: there's nothing new. Kind of, kind of. Th- I think about it this way. Think of it as a next generation of Star Trek. Right. You That's know, what I think about it's, it. It's the lineage is there, and now they're just extending on it. Right.
1: What's her name's back? She's gonna be in it.
2: Uh, Sarah? No,
0: there's. I don't think there's oh. any confirmed casting yet. No, so
2: Sarah may make a cameo or two, but I don't think she's going to be in it. So okay, may pass maybe it to it'll work. be her daughter. Yeah, <laughs> so they don't know what they're doing. They yet.
0: said a whole new vampire slayer, so
2: it should yeah. be exciting. You just you know, I'm kind of like, uh, okay, we'll see what happens. So,
0: all right, um, Comic Con came out. Uh, there was very little news that came out of Comic Con, but there were a ton of trailers. Tons. So. What are some of the trailers that stuck out to you, too? I've got a bunch of them. that
2: Shazam looked like fun. I don't know why. I mean, I see DC becoming
0: less dark, more light. So I guess seeing the Shazam trailer and seeing Zach Levy. I, ne- I never really read Shazam as a comic, but I love Zach Levy as a character. Right. a, have loved Chuck. It was one of my favorite shows that was ever on TV. Um, I still think Yvonne Stravowski should have been Captain Marvel. Um, but I think Zach...
1: He plays it what well. what the
0: character's supposed to be. I think it, it's funny. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing is everyone was on him about his super suit. Well, I've, I, they've, he actually posted photos of him without it, and yeah. he's actually bulked up huge. He is. And they just kind of gave the suit a little bit of a bulky thing. And they're just like, hey, it's a kid's idea of what a superhero is. It's not supposed to be realistic. Right. So I'm excited for it. I'm still hesitant because it's DC. Well, like I was saying,
2: DC is not doing dark anymore. I'm seeing the Zack Snyder thing is going away. Like, Shazam is funny, kind of cute. You know, Aquaman is kind of light. Not dark, dark, but it has some light
0: moments, which is great. I don't mind dark if you have a good story.
1: want, And they haven't had any. I want to see Aquaman in uh, IMAX. That is going to be gorgeous. That's the only thing I noticed about that movie. I'm sorry. I I had some issues
0: with some of the CGI during the trailer, that I'm hoping gets fixed.
1: I didn't see like what, but you're uh, you're an image person.
0: And more, it was more of like something looked really wonky, and okay. but it was like a split second thing. So I'm like, I'm hoping they fix it. It was just caught my oh. eye at the wrong. That's what we pick up. If no, you're gonna no, put uh, that much uh, money into it,
1: I was thinking about something else. Oh. That was not a rolling of eyes at you, but I was rolling my eyes at the fact that last week, all of us, I believe, all of us were making fun of. That uh, shark movie,
0: Meg. Yeah, Meg. Yeah.
1: That what's his buckets in? Statham. Thank you, Statham. Sorry, what's a bucket? That's my, that's my thing. I'm sorry. I
0: can usually reach down in the bucket and grab it out. Thank you.
1: <laughs> and Jason was flipping out over it. Just like, enjoy. It awesome. Oh my gosh, that looks awesome. Anything Jason Statham's in is gonna be awesome. And I said, we, you obviously are not listening to our podcast because we were just just making fun of that whole thing.
0: That Jesus is a is awesome. I'll watch it on a rainy day. Oh my god. Just for the hell of it to see how bad it is. Tornado. Oh. Jason
1: um, can't wait. He can go by himself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh some other stuff that came out um the Bohemian Rhapsody 2 trailer came out. Grace wants to see that. I th- like that. I really that. liked the second I- trailer. I liked the second trailer as well. Um gave you a little bit more of Rami's interpretation of um him and I thought it was good. And
2: Oh, side note. So my son Sebastian only sleeps now to under pressure, like get him to calm down. No way. No, really. Like there's actually like, he's yelling and screaming and then under pressure, that starts playing and he goes, "Ah, ah." I start, yeah, and he just drops. I have pictures of him falling asleep with Queen in the background, like the Montreal concert specifically. So
0: he's, uh, I had my first daughter, the only way we can get her to sleep is I basically had to wrap her up, play Edwin McCain and dance her around the room and I could like get her to sleep in five minutes, gone, dead sleep. I was like, oh. do little you know tricks.
2: Wow. We should have like a little podcast party so you can go here on Rhapsody. Be fun.
1: That's funny.
0: So, a couple of the trailers I saw. Robin, yeah. Um, let's see. Still going through Comic Con. Glass came out. I saw that one. I have to see that movie now. I mean, I get
2: what you see. You were saying before that sometimes trailers show too much. And I think that trailer showed too much.
1: I would agree.
2: Like, way too much.
1: I felt like, like I'd seen the movie.
2: Yes. Glass? Yes. Yes. I watched it one time, I said, wow, I've just seen every key point fight sequence.
1: Like, what is the point of seeing this movie? I'm still
0: yeah, gonna watch it. It'd be interesting to see what they do. Right. I mean, it is M night, so like be prepared for anything. Right. Maybe he, he meant could for be, that to happen. He could be just Most giving you a whole hell of a lot. It still looks good. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see where he's gonna go with Sarah it. Sarah
2: Paulson's but. in it. I'm excited. I like her. So her uh, and Bobby are my favorites.
0: But um
1: Robin yeah. Hood. Uh <sighs> I, I kind of I think I, it looks interesting. i am kind of it. confused. I, I,
0: I like Taron Edgerton. He, no, he, was in, um, mm-hmm. I, he, he was in Kingsman. Yes, that was and good. He, so his, his fighting is top notch. He knows how to fight and do well. And I mean, that's a key thing to Robin Hood is to be able to do that. He has good facial expressions.
1: Um, so he has a good face.
0: Yeah. I mean, and for some reason, every time I keep seeing Jamie Foxx, I keep going to Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I'm like, I want Morgan Freeman in mean. this.
1: I know. Um, but he's not going to be. But it's
0: not the same character. It's right. but it's sort of the same character. <laughs> he's the inspiration. The inspiration wise guy who teaches him. Um, yeah. So, we'll see. I'll see it. I mean, there's definitely not a, not gonna not not go see it. Uh, Godzilla King of Monsters. I the follow up.
1: Wish I would have seen this trailer and I didn't.
0: It's got because Millie Millie Bobby Brown is that how you say oh, it? God. from. Stranger Things. Okay. She's in it.
1: Which one is she?
0: She's the she's nine in Stranger Things. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Okay, people, I have this huge... I love Godzilla. Godzilla. You didn't,
0: you didn't watch the trailer? Godzilla. Oh. No, because, because I didn't it, see it. And it previews all the monsters from the I Godzilla universe. It. So you see Mothra, and then the closing shot is of the, the two... I can't remember the name of it. It's the two-headed dragon.
1: I wasn't on the computer much this week. Did you
2: like the uh, Matthew Broderick...
1: No. Okay, just checking.
0: The this. coolest thing, oh, you know, this and this is part of why I go to opening previews, is because some sometimes the coolest shit happens at opening previews. I went to the opening preview of Godzilla when that one came out, the Matthew Broderick one, mm. and they were handing out um, cut stills from the film, and it was and I still have it. It's somewhere in the house. It's you know a strip about this long, encased in a, a case, mm. and it was a strip from the film. That's cool. And they were handing them out probably because I could for opening night.
1: Um, I, when I saw the last Godzilla, see, I, um, TBS, I am swearing this, TBS used to air these Godzilla movies that were, they were black and white. And I was, it must've been 1980 or 1979 because I was in daycare and I was supposed to be going to sleep. But I would get up and go downstairs and watch Godzilla. And I could still hear the no- the noise Godzilla made, right, hmm. in these movies. And they nailed it.
0: Oh, yeah. And they waited Na- right till the end.
1: Nailed it. Did that. The-, the way they did Godzilla's roar or whatever you want to call it. But I loved that movie.
0: It'll be interesting. I- I'm excited to see it. And I'm hoping the next one after this is Kong versus Godzilla, because this is what they've been leading okay.
1: up to. Who's bigger? Who's isn't bigger? Isn't Godzilla God, is
0: bigger, but...
1: Kong keeps getting bigger.
0: Kong's... Yeah, Kong hasn't finished growing.
1: I know. <laughs> he keeps getting bigger. bigger. Um, but yeah. And
0: especially, I'm more excited now after seeing Kong Skullion, because I'm like, yeah, Kong's a, badass. This could be really fun.
1: On a totally opposite spectrum uh Christopher Robin is coming out on Friday. Now listen people, I have little kids and I need something to do with them and mom always takes them to movies. So this is our thing. And
0: my throat's hurting right now. I where I would have done the Winnie the Pooh response to you. Can you do that? I can, but my throat is so sore.
1: Seriously, <laughs> you can talk like Winnie the Pooh?
0: It takes me a little bit, but yeah. Okay, I've got to hear it I was doing it what because we I went and saw um
1: it looks, when we saw
0: Fallout there was a preview for it beforehand with Pooh right. on the chair and I was mocking it do it to my daughter I was That's, like,
1: it's amazing so you Ewan uh, you McGregor's in it um, who you know I kind of dig um, the one the, and
0: only Obi-Wan
1: uh, the only thing I can think of is that Pooh sounds great Pooh and Tigger I don't know if they
0: they're, I'm pretty sure that they use the same cast that did the animated series
1: except the. I don't think Eeyore is. Eeyore did not sound good. I mean, Pooh and Tigger. Well, the... <laughs> you know, I can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. The laugh. Don't don't laugh. Uh, that sounded good. Like, that's all the sound clip. But they had Pooh talking for most of the time because he sounded really great. And the other ones, I am really not sure about. So, that really bothers me. Especially when I watch, like, like the new Peanuts mm. stuff. I... I have a really hard time watching it, yeah. but anyway, that looks Why, really cute. Going, <inaudible> wah,
0: wah, 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 wah,
1: no, wah, I like. Wah. I'm very audio, and I like having the Familiar. same. Yeah, um, I. This is. Uh, I'll skip that for the bad news because I have bad news. Stranger Things three is not coming out until summer of 2019. Uh, now my bad news... No,
0: we're not there yet. No, okay.
1: we so, um, yeah. got trailers to go through. Mary, Queen of Scots. No, no, no. Oh, okay, well...
0: Oh, you're saying Terminator 6 is bad news?
1: Yeah, I thought it was ridiculous and Arnold Schwarzenegger oh. never used to be on the screen again. And then <clears throat> Indecent Proposal, the remake. Do okay. we really need a remake? The first one was bad. Mm. <laughs> I just don't understand. Mm. You liked it? I just no. I don't understand why... I just... Why? I don't
2: understand why you do anything. I just stopped asking. I just... Roll with it now because they okay. want to make money and they want to remake movies that they have a fan base based off of to make more money. Okay. <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine the fan base of indecent proposal?
1: Yes, <laughs> who are they gonna have? <laughs> who are they gonna have? I mean, come on, no
2: comment. No, I'm not uh, going though, but I, okay,
1: yeah. go ahead.
2: Um, Mary Queen of Scots, I'm a history buff, so this is exciting.
1: Kendra says it looked fantastic,
2: it, okay, so um.
1: I can't remember my niece who's living with Margot,
2: me.
0: Margot. Roby.
2: Yes, thank you. Margot is what I always pictured Queen Elizabeth looking like. Without the... Uh, I'm sorry, she brought back flashbacks of color clown syndrome, but that's not a real thing. But her makeup is so authentic. And so there are... In history, there, there are moments where they say people saw the queen without her makeup or seeing her age or seeing her just... Her face is like the mad queen. But just... She's not mad. It's just the way her makeup makes her look and just her expression on her face. Margot is embodying the Queen. And everyone thinks the Queen was all great and Queen Elizabeth was so fantastic and saintly. And, but people really know, know that she wasn't. And she had motives. And I don't, I mean, I just, I'm so excited, but I'm also scared because of how intense this looks.
0: And uh, who does she play uh, opposite of that? Uh, uh,
2: Swarcy Ronan, I think her name is.
0: The one from Ladybird? Yes. Okay.
2: So it's going to be a tense, tense, fun ride. And I'm going to look forward to seeing it. Where is that coming? Uh, I don't have a date. No,
0: where? Where? Is on.
2: I think it's movies. Like, just is it a Netflix thing or is it?
0: Straight... I thought it was a series.
2: No, it's a movie. Was it it's okay. a movie? I will be watching it. It's like the tutors, but female-oriented, and not a TV series, but a movie. And.
0: But speaking of a TV series, mm-hmm. something I know I'm excited for because I'm a geek. Something you're excited for. Can you guess, Valerie? I don't know if Valerie's ever watched an episode.
1: I'm trying to find your Mary Queen of Scots, uh, but I'll 20. move on from it. Sorry.
0: Season 11 trailer for Doctor Who came out this week. So if you have not seen it, get your butt over and go see it.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would really, I, I used to watch it when I was little.
3: What happened?
0: Def- what? When I, 19- you watched any of the new stuff. No. Okay. <gasps> you need to start uh-huh. from the 2006 I would rather wear that out. than... Huh?
1: I, w- I, w- I That's something I could probably jump into.
0: Yeah. The first season, uh, you got I mean, Christopher it... Eccleston in the first season, and then it jumps to David Tennant.
1: Did you watch the first stuff, like in the 80s? Because that was... I, I tried so... to watch
0: a little bit, and it really it wasn't it, do it for me. Confusing. The new stuff has... A storyline, okay, better good, writing. Each episode is contained, but then there's a nice big arc over
2: okay. everything. Like Buffy. But, um, so you yeah. got
0: David Tennant, and then you got Matt Smith. And there's so much Peter. stuff everywhere. And the biggest thing is with season 11, Jodie Whittaker is taking over as the doctor. And she, did you ever see Broadchurch? Oh.
1: Broadchurch? Oh, tell
0: me you have seen no,
1: Broadchurch. No, yeah, I mean, yes.
0: Okay. The mother... In Broadchurch, who loses the um, son? That's Jodie Whittaker. Oh, she's the new doctor. Oh, and like half the cast from Broadchurch was in Doctor Who at some point in time. Everyone in England has been in Doctor
2: Who at some point. <laughs> that's cool. And, yeah, even Giles. But um, you can't think Stuart ahead. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I, love I, I think
0: she. I mean, even from that f- little clip, she embodied it, and it's like, you know, the sad part is like all the stupid people out there are just like. Ripping into oh you know Doctor Who is always a man he should have always been a man it's no. like they don't understand the character he was always he's always said that he's been whatever right I
1: by the so. way I just I loved Broadchurch I had to look mm-hmm. it up because I get, I get confused with one other show but um
0: that's a great show no it's probably as much as I liked him as the Doctor and the other things that I've seen Tennant in it was probably my favorite performance I've ever seen it is She's just phenomenal. I have my favorite episode,
1: too, as well. Your favorite episode? The one where the woman is in the field in a dress, in the in the red dress. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then never mind.
3: From
2: which season? I think she's talking in early episodes.
1: Um, I don't know. I think I don't know. I don't know what season. I just what know. I, that, I mean, it's like them. she's leaning down in a field. She's dead. She's wearing this amazing red dress. And we're trying to figure out how she got out into the middle of the field posed like that. Hmm. Yeah, that um, did not stick out to you. That's fine. Let's move on.
2: Well, my favorite episode is when the doctor arrived too, But one that sticks out more is when the doctor visits Vincent Van Gogh. So the doctor visits, no, Vincent. The doctor and Vincent is the name of the episode. And it's about the doctor going back. Oh, I'm talking about Broadchurch. Oh. You're talking about Doctor Who. See, we're crossing streams. We're crossing streams. <laughs> do cross streams on this one. <laughs> do not one. <laughs> cross the streams.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Let's. Uh, uh, one last let's thing.
2: <laughs> um, one last thing. Timeless had a big show out at Comic Con. <laughs> Our guys had fans fly a banner across Comic Con saying "Save Rufus." Damn. And we are. I don't know. Nothing happened. But we still know <laughs> still we have nothing. A lot of time clockers out there. So
0: I, I'm. I'm shocked that Netflix has not stepped in yet. Or
2: Amazon. So or I'm anyone.
0: guessing that they might be getting blocked by the show, or not the show owners, but the licensing network. issues with uh, NBC, that they won't be able to grab it.
2: Also, Fox and um, Disney together. That's the last news. Sorry, I just had to say it. It made me happy. So,
1: um, sorry. Moving <laughs> on. You just stole it from him. That's just so rude.
0: So yeah, some other trailers that stuck out. <laughs> Go see them. Um, Blind Spotting looks good. It's got David Diggs in it. It opens this week in limited. Uh, White Boy Rick with Matthew McConaughey. Kind um, of Matthew oh. McConaughey um, about the youngest informant for the FBI. Cool. Um, looks really interesting. I like Matthew when he plays these really out there roles, and I think he looks phenomenal in it. Because um, I'm a Troll for uh, Troll's not the right word. Um, Fanboy, fanboy for westerns. Uh, The sisters brothers looks interesting to me. It's got uh, Joaquin Phoenix and uh, describe him and I'll tell you. Describe her, man, dude from Chicago. Oh, Richard Gere? No, John C. Riley. John C. Riley and Invisible. uh, No, Cellophane. Cellophane. Thank you. Cellophane. But it just it just looks it looks funny ish with a, a serious undertones to it. And I'll see it just because it's a western. It's a movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Go see the trailer. It's in the thread. Cool. Have we I put all the trailers in there?
1: Have you guys seen anything on Netflix as far as what's gonna be coming up as like a series that looks good to you?
0: Mm. Um, I know one series that is coming oh Ozark season two trailer just came out oh. yesterday. Okay. Um so that one's I didn't see when that was coming back. Iron Fist teaser just came on. That's coming in September. Like I said, this news this week has just been out there. Uh, Matt Groening's uh, new series that Matt Groening is behind Simpsons uh, Disenchantment um, Mm -hmm. will be coming on there, and it's very adult oriented, Mm -hmm. but it's not the Simpsons. It's got the Simpsons style of what the characters look like because that's Matt's way he draws. There was a couple other ones that came out that I just didn't click on them just because I was like on information overload at this there's point. There's
1: one that at, that, that's, uh, what's, um, Jenna, I want to say Jessica Beale. Is it Sinner? they that look horrible to you? Or is I, I, didn't, I don't Very remember catchy. if
0: I even saw that one yet.
1: Oh, yeah, there's one called Sinner. So that looked interesting. Um, so I have, it, I have it on my little watch list. I clicked it. Sometimes, when I, I don't find a movie, all I do is go through and just put things on my watch list for hours.
0: Well, just remember to put one of Glow, Glow. on there, and I'll put Handmade Tale on mine. I and apologize. And eventually, we'll go. I apologize the
1: to your friend who already doesn't like me. About,
2: she, well, why? She doesn't like you. She...
1: That's my personality. You know, I think everybody doesn't like me. It's one of those things. Mm. It's a joke. Um, I I totally – I talked about it all week. I totally spaced it.
0: The only thing I can say about it is go into it not thinking about wrestling.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Think about it as a behind the scenes of women trying to control their own destiny and a TV show director trying to make something of his life and all the crazy ass broke down stories that come with that. Okay you know, a father who's estranged from his daughter and all of a sudden she pops into his life and he's a druggie. Okay, don't talk
1: too much about it.
0: Best friends who have a huge head-to-head in the first episode that is just like,
1: oh, okay,
0: that starts it all. And
1: Did you understand it? Mm-hmm. The best friends fight? Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. yeah.
1: Um, okay, well, that's see. That was a so good little trailer for, it for me.
0: Thank wrestling you. is more of the thing that Red Herring cuffing. is in the background red that red kind red of brings everything <laughs> together. i oh, hear here. It's a Red Herring. It's,
1: it's the clue. It's yeah. a red herring.
0: But it also, wrestling is also the thing in that show that brings out the best in each of them. It turns Dewey them into it. a different person than oh, what they were at the time. Dewey beginning. liked it and you haven't seen it yet. I know. And
1: seen it yet. Oh my gosh. Dewey's
0: stamp of approval. You should be uh, oh, I know. binged through nobody it. Nobody knows who
1: Dewey is yet.
0: He's coming. It'll be next week.
1: Oh, cool. Okay. Dewey's will be next week.
0: All right. So now that we've gone through all that, let's start getting into the meat oh. of the bone here.
1: What uh, What are we at?
0: Uh, we're about probably 35 to 40 minutes in right now. Right there. <laughs> awesome. All right. So the first thing up, as Anthony just said, House of Mouse officially acquires the House of the X-Men. So Fox oh, acquisition that is completely <laughs> official. Disney uh, now owns that, which means Marvel's rights to their characters are now back. Um, so I'm looking forward to them being back where Spider-Man they is be. still out there. Spider-Man's out there, but there there's an agreement that they can actually work with that character. Right. And so that's good. So the only thing that they really don't have is um, the, the characters underneath the Spider-Man universe. Right. So like Venom and... Uh, a couple of the other ones. So She's doing hand signals again.
1: What, what? I can't remember what I talked about last time. Did I talk about the fact that I went to go see... Yeah, I did.
0: Hmm.
1: Go ahead, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Did I say that I went to you, see it?
0: Did she? No.
1: no. I went to go see it. Yes, you did. did okay. She? Yeah. And then I, I
0: can't remember if you fell asleep at that
2: one. No!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't.
2: Well, no, wait, she said she wanted to see it because she wanted to know if she should watch the first one before seeing the second one.
1: Yeah, I did see it. I watched the first one and then I went to go see the. Did it work? I went to go see it. And? Um, I, What you said about really wanting to know the story before.
0: Mm-hmm. Michael Douglas and Michelle's Viper and man and the Wasp story. is
1: exactly, that was my feeling. Yeah. That is what I want to see. So, yeah, it's that's coming. what I want to see. So, it was fine. It,
0: it'll it. The the downside of, of um, I'm just gonna branch off on that for a second. The downside of that is neither of those actors are getting any younger anytime soon.
1: They can make him look and younger.
0: They can make him look younger, sort but of creepy. Michael Douglas's family has a history of longevity. Um, I know. What is, uh, Kirk Douglas had a major stroke? I know. Um, so, you know, sooner rather right than later. You never know what's gonna happen. So. There's one more story with uh the current cast, and then if they did something else, then they'd have to bring it. but I don't know just mm. do something I think it'd be interesting anyway, all right, and the next issue um oh, james shit. Gunn oh that's not fired as the guardians of the Galaxy Three director over uh, tweets lots of tweets from before he was hired at Disney, so almost ten years ago, yeah um some pretty bad you know tweets um he said they were jokes
1: i don't know anything about
0: this um sorry a lot of pedophile type jokes he was a very shock director um if you know any of his earlier work and he was trying to like he said he was trying to be provocative and get things out there and i mean there's Lots and lots of tweets. I saw a sampling of just twelve of them, and you're just like, mm. even if they're taken as jokes, they're kind of dark, sick jokes. However,
1: what did he do before? Like, can you give me some slither?
0: A lot of shock, shock, no, okay. not shock, shock. Um, um, so like that fun. was that was the headline. I that what was that like the day after Comic Con or I, the last day of Comic Con? Like it that hit, Yeah. Um, they just. It was like a bomb dropped because he was one of the popular, most popular directors of the whole Marvel Universe, and Disney kicked him out the door. Because
2: someone was upset with them. and, and
0: found his... Yeah, there, there was a... You can say there's a political side to it. You can say there's a cultural side to it. It was something definitely with a vendetta that brought it out. Doesn't excuse that he said these things in the first place right. and put them out there. Are you guys upset never, about this? I, I don't know you what I am a, about it's it. It's kind of like confusing, really. I, as a director... It'll be – it'll suck not to have him as a director because I think he's done it well. But as a person, you kind of need to – you make a mistake. You say shit like this. You need to – he's owned up to it and now he's paying the consequence. So in terms of getting morally justification, this is what's happening right now. He's getting the justice that per se – but I'm not the judge, jury or what. Do
1: directors not have – this sounds really dumb. I apologize. Ignorant, not dumb. Do directors not have agents, like, or is they somebody? Do.
0: Yes, oh, they, they do. Did they some somebody have just it. shut he, them down? He had already apologized for these tweets, but he put them many out there years anyway. Years ago, no, no, before before he got hired at Disney, but never got rid of them. So they were still out there. And then somebody brought him back into the limelight. And Disney decided they're drawing too much attention. And with everything else that's going on, it's time to. Separate ourselves, save ourselves. Well, too now, bad that Disney so, is not
1: in charge of the United States of America.
0: Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. Um, Sorry. And so, I had to throw that in, people. So, they kicked him out. And so, th- the moral of that story is watch, <laughs> mm-hmm. don't, stup- don't post stupid stuff if you're not willing to stand behind whatever the consequences are. <sighs> Fast forward to the last two days, huge petition going around every single one of the guardians of the galaxy cast is calling for James Gunn to be reinstated as a director, be rehired with a long post, basically saying this is not the man who made those jokes 10 years ago. He's grown as a person. He is not the person that we've come to know. just long heartfelt thing. So it's a very touchy, touchy subject and I'm, it'll be interested to see what's going to happen. Um, I don't agree with the post. I don't agree with what he said, um, and I think you know, like yeah. I said before, he's. See what happens. You say stupid stuff, you get stupid consequences.
1: Sometimes. Mm. Well, yeah,
0: sometimes in yeah. in the court of what should happen, not always what does happen, but. So that was number one, and the next thing that happened. We even have somebody in the studio who actually experienced this. Movie pass.
1: I was pissed.:
0: <laughs> Can I send you guys a message about why that happened, or I don't know if you guys Okay, got it. so I don't think what, what you sent, I don't think is all the information. Okay. I think there's a lot of stuff happening right now, and I'll tune in. Okay. Tell us your story.: My
1: message was, OK, so I um, got movie pass because I go to movies alone a lot, um, and then, gosh, I took Kendra last when we went to go see the wasp, or whatever. I know I am man the wasp. Um, we both got in for free that rocked. And so I checked in, I went into the movie theater that, you know, checked in, but when I checked in, it said something weird, like make sure that you take a picture of your, your tickets, which I did last time and it had no problem. I don't, that's fine. No big deal. So I went in and then it just kept saying, I'm sorry, we're experiencing All these issues we're having, you know, we're experiencing this and they had this huge, long Hmm. uh, verbiage of of a bunch of crap. And then it said, if you have any issues, you can go to our website. So I went to the website. I'm in the movie theater. The guy's like, I am not a movie pass person. So so hopefully you can figure this out. So I go back and I'm calling. I called at 11 o'clock EST. I don't know when they open, but they were not open. And they said, I guess
0: it was nine o'clock Pacific standard time.
1: They are, uh, yeah, they, they, um, were not open, but they were not open later that day. And so, uh, I basically, so then that was on Friday. They had this huge outage on Thursday. I went Friday to do this. Then Saturday I checked because I was going to put my tickets on to see if I could get a refund Still having problems on Saturday, but I still went on, figured out how to take a picture of. Oh, I put it on their um, contact us, and then uh, refunds, and you can go into the refunds, and then it has uh, you can send an email with a picture, and I have yet to find out anything. But I just, oh my gosh!
0: So, Movie Pass. If you're not familiar with it, go back and listen to a couple of our episodes. We've talked about it several times, and One of the big issues they've been dealing with has been repeat users going to see movies over and over and over again. So recently, they just introduced the photo
1: um, or I think people pass their cards off too.
0: Well, it was it's the photo verification system as well. So they see that you're only seeing the one movie and you're seeing the movie you want to. Because at the bottom of it, they have the check in here if movie's not listed, and so people would go and check that to go see movies over and over and over again. So they introduced the verification system to stop people from seeing multiple movies or multiple showings of the same movie. So they only want you to see the same movie once. You're only allowed to see it once. Okay. And so that's why they introduced that, is to verify that you're going to see the movie that you say you're going to see. I see. Because um, if you have somebody using it over and over to go see Avengers 27 times, you're eventually going to start losing money. Uh-huh. And so they introduced that and... Their membership has been increasing and increasing, increasing, increasing. So you to do that, and it's been increasing faster than they wanted it to. And all of a sudden, word comes out on Thursday night that their main, uh, basically, credit card management company would be the people that handle the money coming in had no money.
1: Right, I heard that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How much of this is true, I don't know. All I know is they needed $5 million to... Fix that. That got it through the weekend, and then apparently they were out of money by Not on Sunday. Saturday. They were, well, they were having two issues apparently at the same time. They were having the technical issues, and then they were having the money issues, all happening simultaneously. And so they went through another round of funding, got more money put in on Monday morning. Their stock got split last week, so they had $21 per share of stock as of last Monday, and as of this morning, it was 98 cents a share per. Holy shit. So that $5 million that they got was gone by Monday morning.
1: Well, I, did, I will so, say that on Saturday, I'm sorry, I did say that some, they were going to be out till four o'clock. I did not yeah. try after four.
0: And then on the technical side, so apart from what you were experiencing, Fallout was not available to go see. Right. It was yeah. grayed out. You could not check into it anywhere. Right. Um, right. And from what I was reading, if you had an e-ticketing theater, which oh, you can all get online t- theaters here. But for some reason, none of ours are e-ticketing theaters. You could still get in to see Mission Impossible. But far, if, if you went on Twitter or Facebook or anything, you were not allowed to go to Mission Impossible. It was just completely grayed out. And then every single showing of every other single movie was on peak pricing. <laughs> So if you wanted to go see Sorry to Bother You at 1 p.m. on a Sunday, it was showing up at peak pricing at AMC for $8 extra charge.
1: You're kidding.
0: (laughs) This was the weekend. I was like – I was showing my wife. I'm like – I'm just scrolling through. I'm like every single showing of every show was $8 or 6 dollars 5 if you went to like Cinemark. I'm like they are having some serious,
1: serious – But I
0: checked today and nothing was on peak pricing today but – Mission Impossible Fallout was still great out.
1: I got my Mission Impossible tickets 2 weeks ago. So, um because I was a nerd and want- and Jason has fun and the guy just needed to have some fun. Mm-hmm. So we just went and we went to see that 2D IMAX. Perfect. Uh we can talk about it later. I mean perfect venue to see it yeah. in IMAX, yep. I mean. Um but movie I went to go see <laughs> cuz I was like maybe it's it can't be because this movie's too popular. <laughs> anyway, so I went to see um, Mr. Won't, Rogers. You, won't you be my neighbor? Yeah. And yeah, so I'd pay for that one.
0: So yeah, there's a lot of things going. A lot of people today are like, hey, you know, MoviePass is on the verge of bankrupt. You know, you guys you get out of the sinking ship while you can. And I'm just in the back of my mind, I'm still I'm still not not at a loss with MoviePass. Nine ninety five is still a win for mm-hmm. me, me and I'm going to ride this until the ship burns <laughs> or s- they fix what's going on. Movie Pass from day one
1: is still the has cheap.
0: been the worst customer service ever. They put out a product that was way more. I don't know how nobody said how you, you're going to drop it to nine ninety five or twelve. It was twelve ninety five was the first drop. You're going to drop it to twelve ninety five, and you don't think this is going to be popular? How did nobody stand in their way and say? you need to up your customer service instead of having two people on staff to answer everything. Right. It took me, I ended up with like two MoviePass cards. Okay. And it took three weeks to get this resolved before I could actually activate one MoviePass card. Even then, it's still worth it. Even with all this trouble. I didn't have a problem with that. They went from maybe a couple thousand users to a couple million within a span of three months. And they dropped it to nine ninety five, and they I think they might be pushing close to five million users it's right now. It's
1: probably because of this podcast. <laughs> Maybe we're talking about it too much.
0: Mm, but they hadn't, <laughs> they didn't increase. They slowly increased their customer service, but they still didn't have enough people to answer everything that all the technical but issues. But down saw, to like, 9.95. The stuff.
1: I had it, got it for nine ninety five.
0: Yeah, you got it for nine ninety five, and they dropped mine down to nine ninety five as well. Oh, that's cool. So because I was on the monthly, so they dropped it down, but. The biggest thing that always sits in the back of my head about this is the guy behind this is Mitch Lowe. Mitch Lowe is the guy that was behind Netflix. The one thing that Mitch Lowe is good for is disrupting the system. That is what he's set out from day one is trying to disrupt the theater system. What is he accomplished by disrupting the system? Just by dropping that down. AMC is, in, is put out a 1995 plan that allows you to see three movies a week with upgrades to IMAX 3D and discounts on food. So, Regal has introduced something similar not as good as the AMC thing for 9.95 a month. I do Cinemark. Maybe it's Cinemark. I do I Cinemark cuz they do
1: 20% of. off.
0: Yeah, the concessions. concessions. So Cinemark I was thinking of. So he's got two major But it's 8 bucks. Yeah. But he's got two major theaters. Yeah. to shake up things. And he's still doing this. And I my gut feeling like Everybody's like, oh, they're going, this is why they're not doing Fallout or they're going to start blocking blockbusters. I'm like, no, this is is a play. They're blocking Mission Impossible on purpose because they want to show the theaters how much of an impact not allowing or blocking a certain movie through the movie pass will affect the theaters because they have- Do you think
1: it affected the theaters? I think it will. Mission Impossible- because now okay. people are gonna
0: have to pay money to go see it. So if people are gonna pay money rather than pay the nine ninety five, people are in that i paid uh, the money. Well, it depends.
1: Well, because I, here's the thing.
0: They did it before and there was a noticeable drop. I forgot which movie they did it before, but they actually they cut off one of the movies for the weekend in one of the big cities to show that how much of a drop
1: it I mean made. if they really wanted to make it awesome. Which I think AMC lets you do, or yes. AMC lets you go on and pick up your seat, pick your seats and still use their card. Yeah. And well, movie, that, that's that what movie, the
0: e-ticketing is on MoviePass, but we don't have any of the ticketing theaters. Oh, that's what that means? Here. Yeah.
1: Okay. What do you mean? E-ticketing.
0: E-ticketing. Electronic ticketing.
1: Right. We do too.
0: No. MoviePass doesn't have any of those partners here that are under the e-ticketing.
1: Correct. I'm sorry. Yes. So on the and, e-ticketing. And is a pain in the ass, by the way. Yeah.
0: Like I said, I, in my feeling with. Is movie passes, it's going to be here for a while. It's just in a very technological growing pain right now.
1: It's hard for the people that are going on the weekends.
0: I think the one thing that it's going to do is it's going to split those people that were just gorging on that, you know, 30 movies a month. Those people are going to start flying off easily because those are the guys that are the most vocal and most complaining and trying to, but that's what they want. You know, I think their key market are going to be the people that see maybe three to four movies a month. Introduce, you know, once they start introducing the IMAX upgrade and the, you know, you can buy a ticket for your spouse at the same time upgrade, you know, they're going to be golden.
1: I got Kinder and I in free. I didn't didn't have to pay for her.
0: I don't know how you got her in free.
1: I'm serious. We both got in free. Hmm. That might
0: be part of the technical difficulties. She could be. She's pretty. Because they haven't... (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Not really common. laughs> they because ha- they haven't introduced the um, bring a guest uh, option yet. That's not supposed to come out until end of August, beginning of September. They're thing. like,
1: here you go, boop. Yeah, that's awesome. So, okay,
0: yeah, I am I'm I'm sticking around because
1: I'm sticking at around. ninety
0: five, I haven't lost. I went back through and looked. I'm like, all right. June was my biggest month so far where I saw five movies and four of them were were movie pass movies. Uh July, I saw two movies and only one was a movie pass movie. And the reason this is happening is because the same thing, like I want to go see it in IMAX 2D or I want to go see it at the big theater or I need to get that ticket for opening night. And the only way I have to do it is to go through Fandango and get that ticket.
1: You could also go to the movie. Well, most people can't do this, but you could also go to the theater no, you can't. Do what, no? Can you go to the theater beforehand and get a ticket through a movie pass for the next day?
0: No, not for the next day. It has to be the same day. But can it, and the for theater has time? to be open because you have an hour from the time you check in. An hour. But you Got can che- You can do it for like a 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock showing that evening. It's just like the theater has to be open because you have to go to the kiosk. Oh, within an hour, yeah. So within an hour of So I could
1: go at 11 o'clock to, to pick out tickets for 7 o'clock?
0: Yeah. What I do is because Am... AMC is kind of on the way home. Uh If I get out early and I want to go see an 8 o'clock showing or something like that, I'll drive in at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, grab my ticket, head home, and then I don't have to worry. Can't believe I didn't think
1: about that, by the way. That's so annoying. So, Hmm. Okay.
0: That's the news. (laughs) A lot of news. So moving into the recommendation list, we're going to start off with Anthony because I think me and Valerie are both going to run over the same movie here. Okay,
2: so I watched the uh, movie Masterminds. Um, let me do a brief summary. Masterminds is basically about these four people who get together and decide to rob a uh, money depository.
1: Where is this? Is this a movie?
2: This is a movie
1: um, on Netflix. Okay, thank you.
2: Sorry, Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so we have Kristen Wig, who's from Rochester. We have Owen Wilson. And that's I, so why I watched it because I miss Owen Wilson being in Wes Anderson films. Um, we have Zach Galif- Galifianakis. Galifianakis. And we have, um, let me get this guy's name right too. Give me one moment here. I'm gonna pull this up. Right now. What am I know I'm talking about.
0: I think his name is. I think I've seen this. When did this come out?
2: This came out in 2016. And we have
0: Jason Sudeikis in it.
2: So, and it's kind of a black comedy kind of way. But basically, it's about a group of misfits who rob a armory, and they're not too bright. It's based on a true story, and uh, it kind of is in the spirit of um, Lucky Logan, in that kind of tone, similar vein. It's really not left out loud funny, but it's like just a couple of chuckles here and there, but it's very amusing to watch. And it has heart, which things I say that have heart means that there's a core to it that you feel invested in besides the humor. Um, uh, Zach's character and Christian Wicks' character are our core, our heart of the film. Zach's character um, loves her and they slowly have a built rapport together and then they kind of it blossoms into something great And it's just a lot of things you wouldn't suspect to be real life but they actually did happen because this is based on a true story um, any questions? thoughts? no
1: I did mean, you read it first?
2: I did not no
1: and you enjoyed it.
2: It felt like this was a SNL fan fest. But then I found out later that it was produced by Lauren Michaels. So, therefore, Lauren brought all of his SNL peeps into as a vehicle to show their comedic talents. So, you have, uh, who else is Did in Did you laugh too? out loud? A couple of times. Not a whole lot. I'm not a laugh out loud person, but it takes a lot to do that. Leslie Jones is in the film, who is the big black woman from SNL. She's also a writer on the show. But, um, yeah, she's in Ghostbusters too. So, a little reunion between Kristen Wiig and Ghostbusters. Leslie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't like Ghostbusters, a new one. But uh, moving on. Um, there's just a lot of awkward humor. A lot of, like, gut chucks of, like, wow, that happened. Wow. I feel bad for him. And, I mean, everyone's not that dumb. I mean, they all have their moments. And there's a lot of buddy moments, too. I don't want to spoil anything. I think you should watch it ahead. Go ahead. Question. No. She's thinking. SNL alum
1: yeah are you saying big black woman as a character or you're saying the black woman as actor, a Canadian. actress yeah. you're you're
2: you're that's
1: how you're describing her
2: she's she didn't call herself that she's a big black woman on snl she's a writer on the show too okay.
1: sorry it bothered me for a minute i'm fine now if that if she calls herself that fine she does okay cool well, to we gotta have a woman voice in here It's just like what <laughs> okay go ahead
2: but yeah i mean it, the ending is a feel-good ending and it really takes you there and you want to see the whole film to completion you don't want to stop so it's a nice roller coaster of emotion feeling and i enjoyed it i would say watch it when you can and if you have a rainy day you have to do watch it too
1: what other movie so you're saying uh what other movies did you say that it was like, like? If Lucky you, if you Lucky, yeah. Like if you like yeah. that, you would like this movie. Yes. Anything else?
2: Um, there's another film with Jack Black. Um, uh, um, he is based on a true story too. It's a black comedy. It's about a guy who um, in the South. I should know. what Yes, it is. I know what you're talking about. But burning, I think it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, burning, he kills his friend. <laughs> yeah, that one was. A, okay, it's kind of same one. spirit. So, but yeah, awkward humor is my thing. Um, it's fine. But, but yeah, I mean, they. It, this was a good film, so I would recommend you watch it. I'm sorry I'm not elaborating on it because I really want people to watch it with open eyes and ears and not be spoiled by things because if you watch it open-minded without knowing what happens you'll be more interested in watching it.
1: But I liked it. It was good.
0: Valerie, what was the smaller film you saw?
1: You mean my documentary? Yes. I went to go see Won't You Be My Neighbor uh, which is the documentary about Mr. Rogers. Um, I'm going to start the story out by telling you a little story, which I thought was very interesting because I wonder how many people feel this way. So, uh, Kendra and I went to the post office the day before or the day of, or after we went to go see this movie, right? Documentary. And, um, really in awe kind of, of the kindness of this man and his life and um of course he has faults but we all do but um basically as a whole did a lot for children so we noticed that there was a stamp and we asked about the stamp and the stamp had been sold out. We're like, oh well I said, Well that's a good that's a good sign. And the person that I dealt with said, I don't know. I just I don't really like <sighs> Mr. Rogers, and I kind of thought. Oh, I don't think I've ever met anybody really? that my mother-in-law did that. We but, were talking about at dinner. But this person, I'm out. not even going to give you the sex of this person. But this person said, "I just don't believe that he was like that all the time. Like he was that kind all the time. That he was that person all the time. That that was just a, you know a fake." <laughs> uh, and so go I, look I was, at his,
0: go look at his speech before Congress. I that, that's all you need to see. Well, it's in the
1: movie. Yeah. I said. You need to see the documentary then. I said, they do address this. They do address that specific point that people had. Um, He brought up things. uh, So my children, (laughs) I thought, had seen him. They had not seen him. They understood Daniel Tiger because Daniel Tiger came from him. Um, So I sat down Saturday morning and was going to have them watch. Harper was so not interested But they had um, he had uh, a little tidbit about being forgotten as a like as a friend, um, because then tiger was supposed to be picked up. Um, But he his friend forgot him to go to a party and how it made him feel. And then she realizes, oh, my gosh, I forgot him. So she goes back to talk to him. And it was this very tense. I mean, this is black and white still. Very tense talk about what it feels like to feel forgotten by a friend, and if you you know the how the friend was trying to d- explain why and you know it and my, and Zoe was just totally zeroed in, and actually I think it affected her a little bit, but he talked about the assassination of Bobby Kennedy because he thought the children would be hearing these words, and they you know what does the word assassination" mean? You know, they talk about that. He talked a lot about during time period when, the way they put it, blacks and whites were not able to go swimming together in pools. He had, it was a hot day, and he had uh, one of those little pools out. And um, he had everything rolled up and his feet were in it. And his um, friend came in that was played by, I'm sorry, I don't, his name is, you're going to kill me, because I don't, I didn't watch it during that time.
2: I think it's the first episode I ever watched. My dad had to sit down and watch that I'm one. I'm sorry, but I, he- I
1: taped it.
0: Uh, I, the thing that got he, me about Mr. Rogers was, just even the, the things you're describing here is- he was the guy that talked to your kids about the things that you didn't want to talk to them. That's about. exactly
1: right, right. and right. they talked about he puts his so and he puts I his feet in hard the same for pool.
0: Kids or anybody that's grown up in the last 10, 15 years to even like wrap their head around as to like that kind of talking because right. of how, you know the, any information you want is available anywhere you want to get it, and for the generations that he was involved with, you're either hearing it on that news that the whole family was watching over the radio or the TV or the newspaper. And that
1: was it. And he was explaining it to them. And here he was sharing this little pool and everything was okay. This is, this is okay. And, um, he had, uh, he talked about disabilities. He talked about seeing people as who they are inside. And he had these little songs that he saying and I didn't even know all the songs, and some of them i um there's this one song that kind of got to me I will say that um Daniel Tiger actually says i was I, I'm kind of worried that I wasn't wanted that I, I wasn't wanted, and he deals with children who felt like their parents didn't want them like they didn't they didn't mean to have them and going through and talking about that. I mean, who in the hell talks about that? No one talks about that on television now. Nobody talks about that stuff. like And in, in, in cartoons or for little children. And to go through those emotions. And he did a lot of quiet time. He loved quiet and not loud and not like. So he had a lot of time where he actually shows how long a minute is. This is how long a minute is. And everyone is silent for an entire minute and you know he just all these different types of things and I you know Ken and I just sat there like I mean it was I um I had mom guilt leaving that sounds I I know that's not the point of it the point was just show this extraordinary life but um yeah he kind of goes about saying you know these are the types of things that parents are showing their children and part of it was, I'm sorry, was superheroes and Spider-Man came out and you had all these kids jumping off their houses and dying because they thought they were Spider-Man. They could be spider or Superman. I'm sorry, Superman. And he deals with that. So we had an entire week about superheroes and how this is this is a movie that that's not real. Hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. So I would... I don't know how long it's going to be in theaters and I don't know if it's going to be near you. I was thinking this is not going to go anywhere. Like
0: limited theaters right now? The uh, I do you see it at the Little?
1: No, I saw it at Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Pittsburgh and stuff like that. And I, yeah. And I, but you know, I was thinking about the Little, um, sorry, not the Little, the small town Kansas stuff. I can't imagine carrying this movie. Um
0: yeah, and that, so it'll probably be three to six months it'll be out.
1: The only, issue, the only issue that I saw that was troubling is that he did have a gay, a gay character on his show that was married, but he went to a gay bar and it went out into the papers and everything and Fred went to talk to him and said, look, you can't do this again. I'm sorry, you can't go and do this because uh PBS was going to pull and all the ads, they were going to pull everything, all the money. And he kept singing the song to him about love. And he looked at him and he said, Are, you're talking to me. He said, finally, you know, I'm talking to you. And he said, my own father didn't tell me he loved me. But this man told me he loved me. And the whole point was he had nothing against homosexuals. He didn't have anything against it just that he wanted to make sure that they kept their funding in order to keep putting out these messages. Um and at his funeral, of course, there was picketing. Yep. And it's probably Westboro Church. Yep. And I lived in Topeka, Kansas and drove by there every single day on the way to school. Mm. And um I could say actually more about that. but um, We'll save that for another time. Yeah, but I would say go see it. If you can see it, go see it. It's definitely eye-opening. It's heartwarming. And it's nice to see somebody who is genuinely kind and just wants to share love with people in not a sick way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you, know, you didn't genuine. find, you didn't know, find anything out that was whacked out about it. So yeah, a genuine person who cared about children. So pretty cool.
0: Awesome. Um, <laughs> before we go into your second movie, um, so there was a couple movies that were on my radio that I wanted to see. And so there was I should have had a really, really, really packed movie. I was looking at trying to get to Road to Sicario and Equalizer 2. Didn't get to either one of them. I did, however, just randomly on a Tuesday evening, I think, went out and saw Sorry to Bother You.
1: Oh, how is it? <laughs> was
0: Loved it? Freaking fantastic. Loved it. It was just it. It was first time director. I think he's a, a, he a music, music guy, music director, or music rapper or something. What's his name? Music video guy. I don't know. I can't tell you a name of anybody who's in the movie or directed it it was just a fantastically fun movie zoe uh or not um zoe um tessa uh, okay thompson tessa okay. thompson is in this and plays the lead female and it's just and then glenn from walking dead is on it as well it was just good movie in terms of like there's nothing else out there like this movie it's just so weird and unique and I'm just going to spoil a little bit of part of it. Um, so it's about uh, the life of an a f- online phone salesman, basically. You know, mm-hmm. he, he tries to, he's in a call center, and he meets, is uh, it Danny Glover? Yes. From Lethal Weapon um, <laughs> is his cubicle neighbor. And, you know, he's Hello getting purple. rejected and rejected. And the way they do these call scenes are hilarious because he picks up the phone he starts doing the call and all of a sudden he's there with the people that he's talking to and so he drops in on a couple making love he drops in on a woman whose husband just died and he's having the conversation across for them holding holding the phone and doing that and he just keeps getting rejected and rejected and then danny glover gives him this he's like you got to use your white man voice and (laughs) just starts going to So he changes his voice he's like got to do it like this and so the white man voice is um one of the Bluth brothers, uh, you're talking about, um, Tobias, Tobias. Uh, is so whenever he jumps into his white man voice, it's Tobias's voice. So he's talking, but it's Tobias's voice coming out and it just, it's hilarious because it's so bizarre in the way that they do the story. And he gets all wrapped up and starts becoming a successful salesman why Tessa's doing all this other art stuff and the phone people are going in a rebellion against the phone company. And then Army Hammer is the guy behind um he's the guy behind uh one of the companies that is basically in the background you have a this, this is why this movie is so bizarre. <laughs> They created a community of people where you don't have to, all of your cares are taken care of. So you go and work for them. You have a place to sleep. You have a place to eat. You have a place to live. Um, And it basically comes out that they're, he's the most horrible thing ever, even though Army thinks he's like created the greatest thing ever. And it's a workforce. Then they're selling off people to work for China so they can make phones. And they're using these people because they're making them at like pennies a dollar per phone because they don't realize you know all the investment is going into there and then all of a sudden <laughs> you find army hammers equ- equestrian type people so he was doing an experiment to make these people that he's pitched uh pitched out to people he's making them into half man half horse people <laughs> What? And it just gets bizarre, and but it is so hilarious because this movie is just—it's so—it's like watching a music video because you know how like like music videos out of the eighties and nineties were just occasionally they'd be a little quirky. Yeah, right. This just takes that a little bit different, but it—it's fun. Like Sledgehammer. Yeah. So I recommend it. I think it's a really good film. It's a piece of filmmaking that's so different from what's out there. That it was nice to have a breather or say, "Well, that was different," and it was enough that like I was bust out laughing out loud and like you're like people just chuckling and laughing out loud throughout the whole theater. I mean, it was huh. it was even more different than going and seeing like a standard like ha 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 ha. <laughs> ah, ha ha ha. It was just like different people got different allusions to whatever their culture background was and how they view things differently, mm-hmm. like. I don't come from an African American background, but I around a lot of people, and so I see things a little bit differently than how they see it. So they're laughing at things in a way different way than I was laughing at it. And then they bring out this white piece of thing, and you're just like, "Oh yeah, there's our stupid stupid whiteisms," kind of things. But I don't know. Just go see it. Okay. It's it's going to be hard to get to. It's going to probably be out of theaters. My guess would be this week or next week. I mean, go but, quickly. So that was that. Didn't get to see the other two. And then...
1: You and I went to go... Not together. Not together. <laughs> yeah. Not together.
0: I went opening night. Um, I took my daughter. She had watched...
1: Did you get... What did, so she, did you get tickets? So
0: leading up to the... Ah, backstory. Here we go. How did you right. see it, though? Oh, IMAX 2E.
1: Okay. So you saw it. Yeah.
0: So leading up to this, I, I'm a big spy thriller action fan. And the Mission Impossible series have been... They fit into that vein, so I've enjoyed them. Sure. And you know, I remember seeing the first one in 1996. You know, Were just you that. confused? You know, it's a Brian. It was a Brian De Palma film. I know Brian De Palma doing an action film with Tom Cruise, John Voight. Like whoa! It, it just was weird.
1: It was confusing.
0: And Correct? they've been spread out far enough that <sighs> here's this interest. Twenty two years. That this franchise has been together. It's shocking. I, it just, like, I'm sitting... I guess I didn't Last Sunday, that. I started... I put the first one on and I just started watching them. So I watched the first, second, and third in one day as I was resting my ankle. Um, and then... So you get to the, the, the second one. It's kind of the odd one of the bunch. It's really weird. It's John Woo film. It's got some really undertones out of it that I was just like this this the series could have gone down the crapper really quick and never bounced back it had Hans Zimmer music Mm -hmm. and it was right at the same time as he was finishing up Gladiator so his music had Lisa Gerard and the guitarist from that he used on Gladiator so a lot of the music sounds so eerily similar and I don't remember this must have been the first time I've watched it since the first time I watched it who's
1: in it like is there a special villain
0: um
1: or what happens I'm this kidding. movie
0: is so forgettable that I just I can't okay it's the one that happens in China where he's um, nope. yeah they're trying to steal the thing in the the biotech out of China
1: okay no idea
0: and but. the girl in it the girl the girl girl he'll get it for me here I'm getting it now but it was it went from like this really really awesome film of Mission Impossible 1 to Ugh, what did I just watch with Mission Impossible 2 with stunts that were just like these things are so off the wall bunkers that, you know, like people riding two motorcycles and hitting each other in midair and then them spinning around. Okay. I and remember. then the coolest thing about Mission Impossible 2, and I'm going to only touch upon this one because it plays a part in the rest of the Mission Impossible series, is it opens with him climbing up a face in the, in uh, I think it's, not in the Badlands. I think it's in Arizona.
2: That's they sold it. That's the trailer teaser. It was just him climbing. Free-handing. I totally okay. I remember.
1: And that he's time.
0: freehanding up this. Yeah. And it set the stage. And he, you know, you know, backtrack into in a second of the crazy shit that Tom Cruise does. He did that stunt. Right. He had some wires, but he did that freehand stunt. He did that jump from one rock to the other rock. I know. Basically put the director on edge and like director almost lost his shit. The insurance companies almost lost their shit. But he set the standard with the first one where Tom Cruise actually jumped out of the busting window with the water behind him. That was him.
1: Oh, yes. I remember that. That's
2: all I remember about the first film. Is Sorry. All I remember about the first film is him taking the gum and throwing it. That's the only thing. Throwing the gum on the wall. Boom. 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 Window
0: opens. Makes me laugh every time I see it. So he set that. He did his own stunt there. And then he did the climbing scene. And I think the climbing scene was important because... All of a sudden, in all the rest of the films, you learn how physical Tom Cruise's character Ethan Hunt is going forward, and how that pivotally plays in what he does and how he gets it done. And so we moved into Mission Impossible Three, which is J.J. Abrams, which is Valerie's favorite. Well, that's
1: my favorite. Well, the only
0: one that she remembers.
1: (laughs) Well, no, Kinder has not seen any, and she's not an action girl. And she was like, I don't like action movies. Okay, fine, but we're going to watch this one because that's Phil Steve Hoffman in right. it. And so she was like, Oh, okay, I'll watch it. Uh, um, she was, uh, and they they start the movie out, and you're like, uh, I mean, right from the very beginning, J.J. Abrams has you
0: emotionally right in your face. E- yeah, it's just emotionally like, you
1: connected. You are ready, and then he bring. I mean, he just has a great way of. Uh, writing relationships you can I don't know how you feel about that but but he writes these relationships and so we were connected and we understood how much she meant to him and how much they loved each other and then uh, then Philip Seymour Hoffman you just kept I kept watching his face watching his face even when he got dumped out of the um, airplane His face sitting there did, listening, did listening not the whole change. time listening for his name listening, listening for his name, for his name. And he did not, his face did not change. He did not look scared. This man, I just thought the third movie was great. I don't know. I, I
0: thought it was a really good movie. And it gave us the new characters. Yes. Um, it gave us Simon Pegg, mm-hmm. jumped into the series. I, Maggie Q, I think that was her only appearance was in that film. Um, and I, Ving wasn't in the other two. Oh. Right? I don't no,
2: think he was. He was in the first and second one.
0: Was he? Yeah. He wasn't really as in lifted as much, but he was still there. So everything's blending together now. Oh. But I think the most important at was Simon Pegg being brought in and Mich- uh, Michelle Monaghan's uh, Monahan. character in giving Tom Cruise a grounding of saying that he's vulnerable. Yes, and he, and he showed that. And you know,
1: and they have. I mean, in, even in the beginning, I mean, which kind of cracked me up because we had a Bam Bam to Felicity. Sorry. Felicity person here, but they have already have two Felicity characters, including Felicity in the first 20 minutes of the film. So we are anybody who's a Felicity person was automatically caring so much about the fact that she was going to be he was going to rescue her. And he understood why he cared about her. He shush, shush, bye shush, bye. shush. Boom. Seriously. You are so rude. Anyway, if you
0: haven't seen Mission Impossible three yet. and know that she doesn't like she blows up
1: just so rude yeah. anyway I, I, so, I go see that one or see that one
0: so yeah we get to three and all of a sudden the franchise is back mm-hmm. um and then we get to four mm-hmm. and, and ghost protocol uh directed by brad bird who did the incredibles i thought oh, it was great um not much stood out of that outside of we also got the addition of Jeremy Renner. Right. Uh-huh. And the big scene in that of him climbing um Is it the one at the opera house
2: or was he fighting during the opera or orchestra? Is it no, that no. four? That's Rogue. Okay. I'm getting confused. No. Four mind. is
0: the one where he's climbing um the tallest building in the world.
2: Oh, okay. Three, two <laughs> it, I mean, it's amazing. Two, yeah.
0: yeah. And so we go from that one to Five, which introduces Christopher McQuire, Mc, McQuarrie as the director and gives us two new characters who play a pivotal role in the next two films. We get um, Alec, the dude who plays Lane, Sean Harris, and uh, Ilsa, who's Rebecca uh, Ferguson.
1: She's from The Greatest Showman*, by the way.
0: <clears throat> she's the one that, she's the opera singer.
1: She's the opera singer. She's beautiful.
0: So we get these two new characters involved. And Angela. And in Rogue Nation gets upped yet again. And I've, going back and watching one through five, like I said, with the exception of two, I felt like there's been this arc of these movies just getting better and better and better. And also getting more and more. A little bit more grounded with each film like Ethan gets pulled back just a little bit more and even though the stunts when you think about them the stunts are freaking insanely crazy and we'll go into this with the the sixth is you know you watch a, a trailer for like a movie like Skyscraper and you see um the rock jumping off of a moving beam and he's got a um a fake leg and he's running on the beam to jump into a building. And the arc of the angle, you're just like, even as you're watching the trailer, you're like this just stupid stunt. He's you know that they're making up physics. He's never going to make it kind of thing. Whereas everything that stunt has, or Cruz has been portraying outside of second one is they felt more and more real. Like I've been drawn in more and more and the action is actually feels like because this it is, is plausible and then you realize, oh, that's because the dude doing it is actually doing, doing it. it.
1: Like and he, he, uh, he sorry. he's
0: injured himself. He's broken bones.
1: You see him break his leg. Li- you see him break his, break his foot. He limps right after that jump. Yeah. He, he hits um, the fallout scene. He did, yeah, the so, part where he does. I'm sorry. And
0: I'm jumping that in. brings us in to Mission Impossible Six. Here where we are, he 22 does, years later. I can't think of another franchise that has been a continuous thread from the first movie to the last movie in succession and has gone this long and has been this successful and the movies have gotten better.
1: And the man was born in 1962. So he is 56. 56. He's 56. He did a halo jump. Halo is high altitude, low open, uh, which means that you open your... Parachute low, correct, yes, anyway, so he they had to do a special helmet for him. They had a wind machine to rehearse it, which was the world's largest wind machine, uh in order to rehearse this shoot, and uh, um they had to shoot it at sunset. They had three minutes uh to shoot it, um, so there was twenty minutes on the ground, um, just getting. Oxygen, so that he they wouldn't have he wouldn't have de- decompressing sickness. He would, the plane was going one hundred and sixty five miles an hour. He jumps out. He is going two hundred miles per hour, and he did it. The other Superman, is kind of Henry, Henry Cavill. I, which is ironic. Didn't
2: he couldn't? He wouldn't
1: let him. He would not let him do it.
0: So we'll dig into a little bit more of the stunts in a minute. Let's dig into the story a little bit. We talked a little about this before the show. Now, out of all the movies after watching this whole arc, Fallout is the one that actually feels like it's a sequel to the previous movie. There are things that came over from the previous movie that into this. You brought Ilsa over and her whole backstory and the main, you've got Lane played by Sean Harris and his story of this guy was the head of the syndicate. He was the baddest of bad guys, you know, and, he was also always one step ahead of Cruz the whole time. He was a chess player. And so you bring that uncertainty into this one that as Cruz starts unraveling and figuring out that Lane is playing chess game again and getting himself out, you see this fear in Cruz of knowing that if this guy gets out, if this goes through, this is probably the end of the world.
1: This is uh, where I want to interject and say: before you go see six, rewatch five.
0: Yeah, because you don't have to watch the whole series. No, watch five. just rewatch
1: five. I did not. We didn't. I did not rewatch five, and I had forgotten everything. So when I went in there, it was obvious that I was thinking, "Okay, we have just stepped right into the next movie, and I have lost some things because I didn't watch the movie before." Mm-hmm. So
0: I would. I would pretty much say from three, four, five, and six all have big chunks that go from movie to movie, but none so much as five and six. Yeah. They really feel like, and it's helped that they're, I think they're only two years, three years apart from each other. So we've kept like with the last three years, you know, these movies have not been far apart. We bring back the original cat, the same cast, and you know, you got Cruz, you've got Simon Pegg, you've got Ving Rhames, you got um, Alec Baldwin. Um, And this one also introduced Henry Cavill as Angela Bassett's basically I want to call him his hound her hound mm-hmm. her um Blackie. they call him I think his nickname is the hammer or something and so they often refer to as him as the hammer and Tom Cruise's um a scalpel and so basically it's yeah so dig in the story a little bit
1: I enjoyed it I mean I um
0: I know you have your thoughts on that
1: I do I have, thoughts on, I have thoughts on the fact that it, it wasn't as, well, I don't know. Jason said exa- word for word what you said. Because I said, gosh, I just wasn't as emotionally in- invested. And Jason said, I don't go to these for emotional. I'm not going to see this to get emotionally invested. And I said, yeah, but in number three, you felt the love. You felt him love. And in this movie, I'm sorry, you know, they talk about the they make a big deal about the fact that he has felt for two women in his life. I did not feel either one. Even when he sees his ex-wife, I don't feel it and I did not feel it. I didn't feel it with anybody. I just he was cold. His face is cold. I don't know if he's had Plastic surgery. I don't know what it is, but he he did not show a ton of emotion. He does sometimes with his eyes, but not when it comes to the women. And I understand that this is an action movie, but for me, you have to have something that is at risk. Like he finds out his wife is there, his ex-wife is there, that brings up the fact that he's got to get this bomb out of there, out of there, because you're feeling it, right? And it but was also just at the like, same
0: time, that also creates one of the funniest scenes in the movie I, of the all of a sudden, oh, here comes the ex or the new husband. And, oh, sorry, I got to go save the world. <laughs> and I, he just takes off. <laughs> running.
1: I know. We're like, oh, she got remarried. OK. I also felt like that. Um, I,
0: just, I just don't think I I think because of the last movie and previous movies, I don't think they needed to dwell as much time on it. And I don't think there was time in the movie to dwell on it because sure, this I understand, movie I, understand. I barely felt like i had a moment to like catch your breath no like, you didn't from one thing to another yeah. and it's the, pacing for me the pacing was perfect the fact, it was just <laughs> enough to be like we're gonna raise up and we're gonna raise down and we're, we're gonna raise up and packed, we're gonna raise down
1: we were in a packed house and i was the one that was like <gasps> you know and jason was like Will you Oh, you know, And Kendra was just like, oh my gosh, you're so loud. And I kept going, because <laughs> I kept getting surprised. And then he did some stunt that was absolutely ridiculous. And I just belly laughed really loud, which also embarrassed people. But there was another couple of people that laughed because it was so, come on, it was so ridiculous. But um, he did learn how to pl- fly that helicopter. Yeah, cool. But you can see, Kendra pointed out, you can see the camera. And in, in the helicopter, but that's pretty impressive. The man learns how to do his stuff. just
0: going to pay you for? I don't. I don't even think it's about being paid. for No, him. He or, is, a he he is, is a perfectionist. He is a not only a perfectionist. I think he's somebody who's an adrenaline junkie by he nature. He is. So he learned to fly. He did the parachute jump. He did all the motorcycle driving and the car driving, and the fi- the big fight scene in the club. The jumping. How do They
2: insure this. I'm just curious. I, like I think he insures himself. But
0: oh. yeah, they I, I, at this point in time, it's just like hey, whatever you want to do. But but
1: he in all of his movies, like he learned how yeah. in – um.
0: That's what actors do. They learn. So. What is the,
1: but the well, it, not it it they have a drawn, lot of stand-ins.
0: It draw drew me in in a way because it allows the director and the camera guy to get in with an angle that you if you had a stunt person you're back farther. That's right. right. Or you have to CGI a face and you right. kind of know. But no. my favorite scene, and I, you know, there was only two IMAX scenes in the whole movie. I wish there were more. And the first IMAX scene was so short. It was the the jumping out of the plane. That was mm-hmm. the first one. It was so short that I was like, wow, well, that was cool, but they could have used IMAX better. And then the second one being the the big helicopter scene for basically the whole almost third act with the exception of the cutscenes in and out was the motorcycle scene, the motorcycle scene through the racing between him and Elsa and then him driving the car through Paris. I was just like, why did they not shoot this in IMAX? I was just, I was actually livid because it was my favorite scene. I'm just like, it was doing that. It was just driving through. And then the shot with her going down the long, um, yeah, the long stretch and you just flying it, just full on speed. They pro- and I saw the behind the scenes. She was probably hitting eighty to a hundred miles an hour going through that, and that's insane, even as a stunt person to do. And then it tops off with him coming out into the Louvre, or not the art, the arc, the arc is it the de Arc the backwards against traffic. Yes, and if you go behind the scenes, it's like typically the standard on when you do moving scenes are twenty to thirty miles an hour because it looks faster on camera. These were. Almost at speed every single stunt. He's flying through things and it was just in your face. The camera is there and I caught a, and you could a glimpse of behind his, the scenes and I'm like, I swear there was an IMAX camera there. I don't know why there's not an IMAX scene.
1: Does he see his foot come down? His foot kept yeah. coming down.
0: He is a great bike rider. He like I, rides I, I so kept well. thinking
1: because they don't show that a lot in movies mm-hmm. where they have the foot coming down because he's like mm-hmm. learning. it. it's uh, It's fun. I'd say go see it. I mean, it's fun.
0: And I would say go see it in IMAX. If you can. Just for that last scene. that is The last scene is something in IMAX. It's just when it switches, it, even from like a resolution standpoint. So like IMAX for me generally, if it's just a standard format film that's being up into the IMAX screen, um, you kind of get like a, a pixelation, granulation thing happening because it's so big. But when they switch into the IMAX, you get the full 8K effect, and it's insane—the yeah. clarity a good of just like you know every single switch in detail when they go into the cockpit to the the amazing uh, shots over the waterfalls—and just like,
1: uh, yeah, get the, get a good seat. Go go ahead, get a good seat if you can.
0: Enjoy it. It's it's probably one of the best action movies I've seen a decade yeah. and this includes comic book movies. I mean, I just thoroughly enjoyed and it was all about the grounding of the stunts for me. It was just everything felt like yeah, this could this could be real and this could be happening. It's not so outlandish. You're not has somebody hiding behind a CGI character or a stunt jumble jumping in. It's the real characters doing it and it first clicks with the big fight in the the bathroom. I just Oh, that my God. Was so hard hitting That was so hard-hitting. And when Henry Cavill great. throws him through the mirror, I'm just like, oh, that had to have. Because that, that stunt driver, the stunt right through.
1: But, I know. It's, it, there's so, a lot of great stunts. So that's great. my
0: thoughts on Mission Impossible I will six. say that
1: the, um, the I don't like action movies girl next to me, <laughs> Kendra, was uh, she really enjoyed three. Um, started, actually told her boyfriend today on the phone. I'm really becoming an '80s '90s Tom Cruise. He's mm. crush, I'm crushing on him. Pretty. Um, he's like, I can't get past Scientology. She's like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the movies. Actor, but the actor itself. But um, she had a great time. She had a great, and she hates like James Bond. James Bond. Yeah. She hates Daniel Craig. She hates all that uh, stuff. Uh, that's hard. Don't. I, I can't. I can't uh, even talk about it with hard. her. Uh, it's okay. But she um, loved it. She had a great time.
0: My my daughter was was giggles and smiles the whole time. She was just like, oh. and we were, I was listening to the music <laughs> on the way home and she's like, oh, this is from that scene. This is from the motorcycle scene. I love that scene. I'm just like, and she tapped, that was all her. She tapped into it herself. She's your daughter. She brought that in. Isn't that cool. Um, where does this stand for the series? I think the series needs to end. I think it, it would, I don't think you can get a higher finish. It answered the, what happened to his wife. Yeah. He finished his job and yeah. she said that one or the, the one thing at the end of like I know wherever you will be I'll be safe yeah and so like you don't have to keep like wondering about like where the hell he's going to be and is he going to be Is she always going to be in his head it's like
1: she has a, she's not what with was it? him.
0: you're you we are where we are supposed to be yeah I think was the, the quote so I, I think would, it's just stop I think six is the perfect spot and he's not getting any younger he's going to still keep doing crazy things
1: Unfortunately, but, some of them. But at the same time,
0: I just don't see how you can make a better Mission Impossible movie. You can't replace him as an actor in this. You can't. Twenty-two years is a long time to be a single character. I don't think anybody could step into his film. Mm. And no, and I mean, I feel like do it with what he's done because of how he has approached the stunts. There will be, an, there won't be another actor that'll. Do the that. stunts to the level he's done.
1: I'm wondering if how much he had to do with the stunt work and the ideas he had. Com- uh, I'm sure Tom compared has control to over most of the films he's in. So McQuarrie? He called- Is that how you say his name? Christopher McQuarrie, yeah. Yeah. I know he did Usual Suspects. I did like Live, Die, Repeat. Um, he also
0: did Edge yeah, of Tomorrow? Day of I think Tomorrow.
1: So. Unfortunately, one- he also did The Mummy.
0: That was uh, the live die repeat one. Scr- the trunk.
1: screenplay for that. And that was really bad. Really, really bad. Was
0: it who, his Who fault? directed it, though? He
1: also... Hold on to your seats, kids. He also did The Tourist. He wrote The Tourist.
2: Sometimes people get stuck in ruts. Sometimes writers get stuck by actors. And they but become... he wrote
1: Vil- Valkyrie.
2: That wasn't a good movie. That was not...
1: Yeah. I tried
2: uh, to like
0: it. I'd say just, just based the on these two suspects. Mission Impossible movies that he directed, though... He, th- that's where his his money, that's his gold spot right there is those t- those type of movies. And he also did Jack Reacher. Mm. So he's worked at Tom Cruise before.
2: He's Tom Cruise's go-to writer. So,
1: so I am I'm, i didn't like, I can't even believe he did The Mummy. I can't even believe that he sat in the movie theater, watched it and decided, yeah, that should go out.
2: I think he just needed to, I think Tom has something to do with that. I think that's another Tom vehicle. Tom's at here. I have this, the rights of this, please. Thanks.
1: Did you see it? oh my dad it's absolutely my dad, awful to
2: watch it I'm, like, I'm gonna leave now you can watch it it's yeah. awful I did. I yeah. trailer didn't sorry
1: anyway
0: um i wanna uh note that the film score was i listened to it once beforehand, oh my gosh. and I was kind of like I wasn't getting it after I watched it. I've been listening to it for the last two three days, and I must say it is actually a really damn good score okay I was it really is very um it's got that very 80s vibe of – do you remember the firm with the piano, the driving piano? Oh, and the yes. Percussion?
1: But He's per- brought that per- in. The percussion – I'm a percussionist. I played drums for eight years, something. Not anymore, kids. But anyway, um, so, but I always listen for that and I always hear it used percussion so much in this yeah. movie and it was fantastic it, and I kept listening listen to that listen it's to a listen. good
0: way to drive a film and it drives the Great. music there's and no
1: music sometimes it was just drums yeah. and one it's
0: of fantastic. my favorite pieces that I've been listening to is actually um, there's two so there's the uh, first one in there did I see it was by this is by Lauren Belf, um who's done several other movies as well I can't remember off the top of my head Um was the uh, no hard feelings? Um, as a nice piano and percussion piece, and then there's the exchange. And I keep getting listening to the exchange because it reminds me of um, one of the pieces from A Dark Night, oh. where the scene where the Joker and they're they're uh, taking on to the streets and they go underneath. Um, because the, they knocked over one of the firefighters and they have to go down and they start the whole the chase of the Joker and they open up the the tractor trailer and they start shooting it to where all of a sudden you hear the bump, bump. And then all of a sudden, here comes the Bat m- motorcycle and then it's him capturing Joker on the tie. That is one of my favorite scenes in Dark Knight. It's just fantastically filmed and the music for that is perfect. And the exchange feels like it starts out the same way. And it gives you... It gives you, you know, you're, everybody's familiar with that Mission Impossible theme. That is, it. it's, what it does in this film is it starts out with, or this piece of the score is it starts out, you hear it low in the contrabass, like, dun, 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 dun. And then, then it starts bringing it up into the brass. And it just gives you a piece and then backs away. And then you, like, you're, you you are want it more, but it doesn't give it to you. And then it comes back and gives you the more of it. it just keeps building on that that tension, like, the whole time. And that's the same way I felt with that Dark Knight Rises scene. Is it just starts. You want, you want Batman to show up. You want him to come save the day. And that's what happens with this. Like, you know, something's going on here. Ethan Hunt, something's... And it just... When you get that final resolution at the end, you just feel...
1: Did, uh, did Friction have words? Did Imagine Dragons sing? What do you mean? Well, they're on the soundtrack. Imagine Dragons are the only people... Or the only band on here. And they did Friction, which I guess... That was
0: the one that... If you saw the trailer, that's did, the one during the trailer.
1: They also did it over the credits, I guess, too.
0: I don't remember. I didn't
1: so I didn't uh, notice that song <laughs> over mm. the rest of it. It was kind of interesting.
0: I, the, I thought it was a perfect choice of a piece of music for the trailer because it, they just did it perfect with the um, Henry Cavill's punches, punches that he does. and has got
2: a you're talking about.
1: So... so.
0: That's Mission Impossible six. There you
1: go. Are you going to go soon? Are you going to read it first? No. Okay. I was wondering how it would be, how it would be read.
2: read uh, some action films read well when you're a good writer, and some read oh, terrible. But when you're is, a good writer, so yeah. probably shouldn't read this. I mean, one. Shane Black writes really good action. Just kidding. So
1: that was really bad. Yeah. I did enjoy it though.
0: Okay. Well, we are gonna go right into the Wes Anderson stuff tonight. We're gonna to skip the ad break, but we're gonna let her recommend whatever book she wants to recommend. I have two. Okay. Which okay, are they? so um
1: so then she's I'm was, only
0: doing this because we're like an hour and fifty in already.
1: <laughs> you're kidding. Okay, so sorry, people. Um So listening on Audible, I fit, I uh just started Then She Was Gone by Lisa Jewell. Um and you can Get your Audible trial. So go audibletrial.com dot slash cultural stew, and go there. Download it. Go get your your free thirty days. Go get a book. I am um, listening to Kindred actually, and I'm actually listening to Stories I Tell My Friends by Roblo, which believe it or not is the Roblo. The Roblo. He's Rob fantastic. Him. Um I had to convince her. That he was a good writer and that he was a good I – mean, even though he's fictitious, by showing him that he was smart, even though it's fictitious, um, by showing her that he was on the West Wing. So I had her short watching West Wing episodes nice, so that she could see him aside from – The
0: comedy Rob Lowe from – No, no,
1: no, no, no. She's only seen like St. Almost Fire where he's kind of a douchebag. Not kind of. He's wow. a douchebag, and so she's like, "Seriously, Ravalo. He's a fan? he is really a great writer. It's f- they're great stories he tells. He has that, and uh, he has another book too, love stories or, or love, I think, love stories, I think, or something. But um, those are the two that I have been listening to on Audible. Which again, please go to audible.com slash cultural stew."
0: audibletrial.com damn it slash cultural steer. she
1: almost had it damn almost. it
0: almost what is she'll my problem it. she'll get it
1: audible trial I'm Episode reading it's, because it's,
0: it's that trial we're so used to saying audible.com audible.com oh my gosh it's just that trial seriously
1: people audible would, trial yeah. Com.
0: Audible, if you ever listen to this, please get rid of the trial and just make it audible.com slash trial slash cultural stew <laughs> no, would be no, much slash easier. Trial.
1: <laughs> Audible Something. trial dot, yeah, dot com. Or
0: trial.audible.com slash cultural stew would be.
1: Yeah, go, go, go get it. Go get it.
0: Awesome. Well, today's director series brings us to Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Tell us about Wes Anderson.
2: Let's see. Um, he's one of Marty Scorsese's favorite directors. Marty has been pushing him since Bottle Rocket when it first came out. Marty saw Bottle Rocket in a film festival in Texas and also New York and said, this kid has something. This kid will be the next me. And he's been secretly behind the scenes weaving into his life and helping him out a lot. Um, We can thank Wes Anderson for bringing Bill Murray back because Bill Murray was kind of in obscurity in the 90s, and then he did Rushmore, and boom, we
0: have Bill Murray again. Every single Bill Murray, every single Wes Anderson film, Bill Murray has done, except for Bottle Rocket. Right. That was impressive.
2: Bottle Rocket is his first, his first film. So, he just had the Wilson brothers and I think Harry is in it. I'm not sure. Cattell, Cattell. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just a lot of his friends and Shadowrun, Texas. You little baby West. it has
0: got to be the only. I think that's the only one besides the shorts I haven't seen was Bottle Rocket. Right. Because so. oh, wow. the yeah. first one that I got introduced to it's- was Rushmore.
1: Well, Bottle Rocket is shot more of like a normal movie. Indie.
0: Style. If you want to say... 16 mil.
1: Like, um, and the only way you could probably tell that it was Wes Anderson is by a dialogue, maybe? Right. Dialogue and by layered action. But yeah, I I, I saw Bottle Rocket years and years ago. Okay. But yeah, it definitely looks different, but it, it, it introduces his, his characters and he... His dialogue is, I don't know, I like it. And it introduces the fact that he has young people, children, I guess, acting like adults and adults acting like kids. And that is in almost every single film. You've got these children that are mature, mature brainiacs. And then the parents or the older people are complete nuts, which does work in Isle of Dogs as well.
0: So let's go through some of his films. We got Rushmore, Rushmore, nineteen ninety eight, correct? Which I not Jason Schwartzman, yes, okay. And um, Bill Murray's in that. with Was that. it Reese? No, who was the female in that? Was it Reese Witherspoon? Reese was ninety
1: nine. No. no, I haven't seen that movie. Actually, no. Rushmore. Rushmore
2: is, I think, was on Netflix at a time. Um, give me one second here. I'm going to look this up really quickly.
1: My favorite. I mean, are we going through them in order? Yes. Okay. So then we have, uh, he'll get Rushmore for us. We have Royal Tenenbaums, which I watched today for the second time, um, which I enjoy very much. And again, we have The Children. He. His mother, uh, in real life, actually, was um, an archaeologist, and that is what the mother is in here. Um,
2: Olivia Williams was the female lead in Rushmore. There you go. Rosemary Cross.
1: So um, we have the Royal Tenenbaums. My goodness. The other thing about him that I love, him being West, he he loves Paul McCartney, and he loves he loves Wings. He loves that music. He starts out the role of bombs Hey Jude, you know, and then he moves into his Simon and Garfunkel. Um, he also plays <laughs> things like uh, the Charlie the Charlie Brown tunes to get certain things. I I, I just love. The music he plays. But a lot of it, I mean, he does does bring Paul McCartney out a lot. A lot
2: of it is um, time appropriate. Like, I think uh, the Royal Tenenbaums was set in a a timeless era, but the music kind of lets you feel like it's in the 80s or so. Kind of like, um, what's it called? Inside Lewin Davis. That kind of time period. That kind of feel to it. I'm not sure if they had the same um, cinematographer or not, but they feel
0: They all do. And and that's the thing. By the time you get to Royal Tenenbaums, he's now had Robert Yeoman. This is his third film. And... You can see the two of them have now settled into a style right that is a very Wes Anderson style look to One what shot. he does. Like you can long shot, see a, you can probably see a single shot from a film and know it's a Wes Anderson film. And it's just it's something about the that, you know you stick with your cinematographer because he sees your vision. That's right. And he he had him on Bottle Rocket and he stuck with him all the way through. He
1: has the long shots, uh, the colors, which are they're
0: like a a pastel
1: they're like it's it's not yellow it's mustard yeah it's salmon it's um but the red is red and the um it's like candy apple red um and then you have when i went to see um probably my favorite i don't know why probably just because of the experience i had in the movie theater um is uh of course now it's like the Describe. Budapest, Hotel. The, Budapest okay. Hotel. the Grand Budapest Hotel. The Grand Budapest Hotel and I kept leaning over. Look at that shot. Look at that shot. Look at in everything it's just so beautifully staged and, and everything is I mean, he has symmetrical, he's always very symmetrical. He always has these long shots and he always has his close ups even with people that are in
0: Oh, and perfect movement and placement of actors as they're coming yeah. in and out of shots and setting up a shot. He is
1: A-tourish. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know.
2: I think my favorite shot he always does is a slow mo shot. Like, I mean, Bill Murray even did it where he visited a high school and the kid said, "We don't want your autograph. We just wanted to walk. We want to do a slow mo shot with you." So the guy got his camera and then his friends with Bill Murray in the center just walked down the hallway in slow motion on purpose, and that was deliberate. But
1: his dialogue where he has like um. He has like deadpan stuff to deliver hilarious lines. Funny delivery for serious lines.
0: So let's talk about some of the people that he's worked with. He's worked oh, okay. with the Wilson brothers, Luke right. Owen and Andrew. Right. Bill Murray, like we've mentioned. He's also had William Defoe and Jason Schwartzman, Ed Norton. And then you talk about the witty dialogue. You got the Wilson, uh, Owen Wilson, I think wrote three of his movies and Noah Baumbach. Um, he did the um, Royal Tenenbaums Royal Tenenbaums yeah so it's interesting that you know you've got a person like Owen Wilson was actually you know he's a comedy oh, Gwyneth Paltrow
1: too
2: she yeah. came on during Royal Tenenbaums it hasn't left yeah and Angela Houston same thing with Angela Houston Where did she start I think she started in Tenenbaums too
0: and then on the composing
1: Danny side, Danny Glover too.
2: Desquard,
0: or maybe you said and Mark Mothersbaugh.
1: Maybe you said Danny Glover already. No. Okay. No. He, um,
0: he he definitely it's it's kind of like uh, what's the Christopher Guest troupe where he always right uh, kind of keeps the same. I kind of dig that. You know, you, you like you know, and it works. You know, you keep bringing back these people that you work well with, and you kind of develop a shorthand in movie making. Like they know you. They know your calls, and you can make a movie quicker, faster, and more efficiently. Right. And they know what they're going to get out of you. Right. You know, and it works. It's a nice two-way street.
1: He has he has lots of things where uh, somebody's always obsessed with something. Like, he has these strange obsessions where, in Bottle Rocket, uh, Owen Wilson's character is obsessed with high school Uh uh, Steve Zuzu is uh, obsessed with aquatic life. Uh, Mr. Fox is... Uh, is that George Clooney? Yes, it correct? is. correct. So, uh, being abandoned, I have not seen...
2: You have not seen...
1: I have not seen The Fantastic Mr. Fox. I'll let you brawl it. Um, which, just try and kill me because I kind of fibbed. Anyway, um,
2: and <laughs> Francis's Kendra.
1: obsession with the vacation for him and his brothers in...
2: Charging limited. Thank you. That's my favorite.
1: Um, and then Gustav H. running the hotel, <laughs> and the Scout Master Ward being a cocky, cocky Scout, and Kaz being obsession with obsession with safety. And uh, then the
0: kid trying to find
1: spot. Yeah, I mean, at all costs. At all costs. So it's just like these strange obsessions, but that's what makes the movie. I don't know. His mind is. Uh, pretty damn cool.
2: always tried to get his family back together.
1: Plus also the violence in his movies. (sighs) The Isle of Dogs. I just thought it was hilarious. It kind of looked like um, it did look like Charlie Brown like kind of. Well yeah he introduced
0: this like his first stop motion animation was Fantastic Mr. Fox in 2009. And so here we are almost 10 years later and this is not an easy process stop motion animation. I mean that's I mean. Did he have any
1: violence in that movie?
0: Yeah. In Fantastic Master Fox. Tail got bitten. Uh yeah, I think it's been a fans. while since I've seen it, but I think there was.
1: He normally tries to make them comical. Like comical. And not they're not made to look cool. They're like made to look funny. Mm-hmm. Which I like because he's not it yes, they're violent, but they're they're not. It's it's like he's making fun of violence.
2: Well they happen so quickly. I mean, even in um the scene in Darking when the kid's drowning, they're all in the water drowning and whatnot. You see, they need our help, and then they, you cut jump cut, and they're in the water already rescuing people, and then they're back on shore. So he doesn't linger on things too much; he just speeds them along. Which I guess I appreciate because why do we need to see them taking their shirts off and jumping in? Just mm-hmm.
0: for me, for me, my favorite has been Grand Budapest Hotel. I it's mean, I, beautiful. I th- it was beautiful. I thought it was well made, and I think it was the first best director now? I think so for him. I think and that's so. crazy. That I know. He's got a couple of writing ones, but yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, and yours, you said Jarlene. Jarlene, um, yeah. I mean, it, he said it's a different country.
2: He did I, all I, that in a different I, country. I like that a lot. And it, the dialogue is just on point for me. Like, I like his dialogue a lot, but it's just they're so matter-of-fact and so, you know, yeah. And,
1: uh, his imagery, too. Yeah. Of, like, he's trying to get his brothers to go on this trip, and they have all this, this, this baggage. Like, they're carrying their bags, and they're trying to get the train, right? But at the end... Sorry, I'm getting all well, that is fine. emotional about it. They're trying to get the train and they just let go of all of their baggage Oh, to get the train. And it's just like this nice little imagery of somebody, of them letting go of all the baggage. I felt Darging
2: was more in literary than most of his other works. I mean, Royal was framed as a book, but mm-hmm. I felt Darging was more novel and literary. It's in interesting
1: because, yeah, because Royal bombs kept... Showing a book.
2: You have uh, Alec Baldwin narrating that too, which is funny and amusing. But
1: Alec is, Baldwin narrated well, Ten too. No, no, Are you talking about? He, yeah, narrated Ten Sorry, no. I um, I get excited. I like, it, but you know, I've taken, <clears throat> I took my mom and my sister. Where do we have a list of the movies to go see? Oh, guys, where is it? It's the one where they are in the um, wilderness.
0: Moonrise Kingdom.
1: Moonri- <laughs> I took them to see Moonrise Kingdom, my mom and my sister and Kendra.
2: Wow. <laughs> it wasn't a bad movie. It just felt that really. Would,
1: that is just so like Wes Anderson, yeah. right? And Kendra enjoyed it. And my mom and my sister were like, what in hell.
0: Kookiness to his films. That, really you
1: know. kooky. They're like, why in hell are we here? Yeah. They did not enjoy that. I don't think they like like Life Aquatic. They didn't even like Grand Budapest Hotel. I, I'm related to these people. Like I, appreciate, loved it. I appreciate.
2: I appreciate. Like, I appreciate Budapest Hotel for what it is, I but left. it wasn't my favorite. I just felt like.
1: Do you think it was too mainstream?
2: No, I mean it was very artistic. It was very good. It was just I didn't dialogue and story wise I liked it, but I just felt like I was watching more art direction and direction design I, than anything else. And I understand that. So I get that.
1: It was gorgeously framed. Yeah. Everything I kept noticing did happen not to be about the dialogue. It was more about the way it
3: looked. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, my favorite scene in that film is when they, the whole punching match where, you know, William Defoe knocks out everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... I'm a weird sense of humor. But yeah, it's just...
1: I always say you're either a you're either Wes Anderson person or you're not.
0: I agree with that. Well, and that brings us four years after Grand Budapest, his first film in four years, Isle love Dogs.
1: Right. Which...
0: Go for it. Say it.
1: So, watched it. I did not go see it at the movie theater, which means something, because I normally go it see was, this stuff. It
0: was here for like a week. It yeah. was at the Little. It came several weeks later than normal. Yeah.
1: Let me just piss off like three quarters of our listeners. I'm not a huge... It Okay, I know it, I know it's not cartoon. I know it's stop animation. I understand that. I wasn't, I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't know why. Just not. And uh, so I went. To, so we watched it. We, me and Kendra, and I watched it. And um, um, it was watchable. I did watch the whole thing. I thought, I don't know. Like i was just sitting there having a movie wash over me. I did not have any feelings. Yeah. Kendra did. did because she freaked out about the dogs and she thought the dogs had gotten completely squished and mauled and, and we're in there in that. Um,
0: oh, when they went in the incinerator.
1: She could not get over it. No, oh, you're kidding me. Oh, my God. Oh, she I was like, totally freaked out. When that happened, I was just like, oh. wait,
0: did they just Die? pass over the fact that they went into an incinerator I and just to, continue I, the damn I movie? I rewind
1: it. I had to rewind did it. I was so like, hard? seriously? Well, it was just you went by can, and I'm just like. Oh, my God. Did they? Did they just do what I said? She think was really. Right. Uh, and Grace, right. then when they come back,
0: they're like, oh, that'll work. you we'll all be dead. Yeah. Anybody but, who wants to vote him out of the club? I uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> just.
0: It, but, had, it had its moments. I, I give it that. They, I like the politeness. Yeah.
1: He also does this thing about politeness. They get in, they're about to have a huge fight, and then all at once they, they decide, you know, maybe we should rethink this. Let's talk about this for a 2nd instead Let's of vote. Dogs. <laughs> Like, instead of just dogs just fighting, they stop. and Let's discuss this for a moment. It was like, wait, 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 Let's vote on this. Yeah. Well, my
0: thing is. And then uh, Jeff Goldblum's. Did you hear the one about? <laughs>
1: Jeff Goldblum's <laughs> voice. Jeff Goldblum is just Jeff Goldblum. I mean, it's like, like, it's the other actors. Sometimes I'm like, who
2: is that? Well, is Brian dead? is too. Brian is the same way.
3: Yeah.
1: You know what? Yeah, Brian, for, Brian not for is. Me. Brian not for me.
2: Brian
0: is. Um...
1: He's not for me. I can hear him and not and know and who he is. Voice, so.
0: I, I, the thing is, though, like with Brian's voice, Brian's act, voice feels like he's acting. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum just felt like he's telling a story. Jeff no matter Goldblum, how he's talking, he, he just...
1: sounds exactly like he does in The Big Chill.
0: Yeah. Exactly. But he, he's the Like same. he's telling a story. And he's
1: everybody. a nerd. For instance, just, I
0: felt like I was getting something out yeah. of this character. Um, and the same thing, I... I didn't get anything major out of the movie, other than an appreciation for the art skill because it's an animation movie. It's stop animation. I have a lot of respect for the, the amount of work that you have to take a single shot of every single thing that you see.
1: I will say it was beautiful. The colors were gorgeous, even the gray that he used, the gray for the field. I'm interrupting but, you.
0: I mean, I, no, no. I've just, I've just always had a a profound respect. You know, back to the the, the Harryhausen like. Um, what was it? An Odyssey. i will come to you. It's the one with the the owl.
2: Um, I know you're talking the, about the um, metal owl. Um,
0: yeah, and the clay monster. It's it was from the 70s and 80s, but it it was Ray Harryhausen who was the uh, the main dude who did all the stop huh. animation for all of Hollywood. So you know, like going back to like you know, you had King Kong on a building. You mm-hmm. know, those kind of things are all stop animation, and you've had uh, Tim. Burton, Corpse mm-hmm. Bride, and uh, yeah, I, these are the, the main two. Tim Burton and um, the guy behind Wallace and Gromit. Um, man, I am just blanking tonight. For those listening at home, we're doing this in the evening, so we're not as fresh as we are in the afternoon.
1: Well, we're never fresh. Well, I to yeah. uh,
0: say um, I saw Grace and I watched
2: um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and I appreciate all the effort I went into that too. Because I, I heard think for the
1: that, director Nick Park.
0: Nick Park, thank you.
1: Thank you.
2: They um, Wes had them record their audio, their dialogue, in the real environment. So when they were in a tube in the film, um, Mr. Fox, they were in a real tube recording. So you get the real echo, not post-echo, but real reverberation of being in a tube. They were in a field, you know, running around doing stuff too, which was nice. Um, so now fast forward to our dogs, which I think my wife enjoyed that more than Mr. Fox. I mean, I enjoyed it more too. Mr. Fox felt a little long to me like, it felt like it just kept going and going. It could have ended nine times, and it just didn't do anything for me. I appreciate the style that was involved in it. It just it didn't keep my attention. Isle of Dogs actually, I felt, I had more heart to it, more story, and it had a couple of left-out-loud moments. Again, the characters bickering with each other, their whole asides, um, the, just, you know, Chief's the whole thing, and it just everything felt like it, he learned more from Fox and said, let me, I see what worked here, what didn't work, and then he brought it to Isle of Dogs, and you know, yeah. and Grace doesn't do. like st- stop-up motion or a cartoon, so this was a big step for her to even watch something else like this. Yeah,
1: I, I didn't really either. Um, one thing about having a niece who's 20 years younger <laughs> is that she does bring things to my attention that I wouldn't have watched. This movie um, is also stop animation. Marion Max. Yes, I saw um, that. That's a great film. Director Adam Elliott. Uh now, this is not a happy movie. No. I would say don't watch it if you're feeling down. But Mary and Max has stayed with me ever since I've seen... I saw it one time and the story has stayed Tell with me. Tell
2: them who's in the film.
1: I'm sorry?
0: Tell them who's in the film. Who's the voices.
1: Who's the voices are? Yes. Okay. Well, one moment because I don't know.
0: So, as okay. she's looking that up, I just like I said, I, I highly respect the oh, stop gotcha. motion animation format. Mm-hmm. And I will probably always watch anything in stop motion animation because, because I, I respect it as a person who creates films. There's right. so much time going into it. But from a story perspective, I just got nothing from Hi. the film. And it, I yeah. don't know if it's because I think Wes Anderson's style of when he has live action people and how they interact with the people doesn't translate into that. So I don't know if the way he approaches whatever story he wants to tell because I, I didn't get it out of Fantastic Fox either. Okay. Um,
1: or maybe the verse. I felt like it was over my head. I felt like, okay, he's trying to have some type of political message no. and then I'm missing it.
2: Fox was just too long for me. I didn't, that's why Fox, I didn't really but, enjoy it, yeah. but our dogs felt more straightforward. But even then Grace said that the Japanese coming in and out took her out of it at points because she's like, wait, we're speaking Japanese now. And then we're going back to the dog's English and... But they said that they were going to do that. Oh, I know, but she still said it took her, she doesn't like animation all that much. But she said it just really it was jarring, the okay. language duality. But I'm what I'm doing.
1: So. I'm just going to quickly say, can, are we on? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rochester, Mary Max has Philip Seymour Hoffman. Thank you. There you go. So Tony Collette, Eric Bana. Mm-hmm. There you go. Good film.
0: So if you're a fan of stop-ocean animation, see the film. If you're a fan of Wes Anderson films, see the film. Mm-hmm. Don't expect a full-on Wes Anderson film. Huh. Um, I think that would be our general consensus. Yeah, I
1: would say "Rainy, rainy Day" personally. What "Rainy Day" personally? Like, it's not something I'd rush out to. Like,
0: yeah. Watch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it. That's I think how we all watched it, right? It's all it's rental right now, right? Yeah. So. Amazon. Okay. Right. Cool. Our next show, or should be August thirteenth. Yep. And so, my topic choice is: Does theater always have to be
2: on? And what I mean by that is, why does theater always have to be something that people use as a vehicle? Why is it always have to be topical? Why can't we be entertained? The more and more I read plays, and the more and more I see theater, it always has a message behind it, which is not a bad thing, but. Why can't we be entertained? Why can't we just have a feel good? Like movies can be entertaining and they can be just blah and just ha ha. Wow. But that's theater. Gonna, that's
0: going to lead down the rabbit hole it, of how it, theater came to be. Oh, I know.
2: I know. I'm ready for that. I have the history all in my head. It's all yeah. here. I'm going to hash it out. Yeah. But I want to know why can't theater be entertaining and not like Mean Girls entertaining because that was not entertaining. I mean like.
1: I have musicals as well. Musicals and you mean plays,
2: like why
0: can't it be like SpongeBob SquarePants? But be good. Yeah.
1: Thank so. you.
2: Like, even Rent has a message behind it. I actually and
0: heard that SpongeBob SquarePants was really good. Well, the music. There's some people that, people. You've seen, David Runzo really loved it.
2: I'll read the libretto, so. but I just want to know, can we have theater that can be, feel good and happy and a good time, but not have a message behind it? Because films do it all the time, so why is theater more have to be more serious? So that's my question. Why does theater have to be more serious? Why, does, why can film be campy and goofy and weird and sometimes make a pass and it's good, but theater has to carry that weight
0: of...
1: Is it possible that... Okay, sorry, we'll talk about later. Speaking
0: of theater, as we're touching that real quick, did you see the um, behind the scenes of the Titanic musical that's going on? Is it Maine, Boston? Did not. They actually built a set in they're doing it in water it's a a, this um so last year this group did miss saigon with an actual helicopter (laughs) and so they do outdoor productions and they do them all with a theme so this year's theme was water and they chose titanic and they built this huge frame assembly and these people are jumping off and they're doing the whole sinking of it full-on singing during titanic it's bizarre as hell
1: my friend sarah carson is going to go in I got to see is this. A, uh
0: it's on I think playbill did the behind the scenes and then cool. they just posted a oh here's like some of the <laughs> um like the trailer footage or not okay. the trailer footage, but here's the best of type footage and the guy who did the set design is one of the guys that is pretty much regular over at Jiva. okay so it was kind of a nice little rochester connection and cool. but it was just like if you're into theater and theater design at all I'll you look need into to that. check this out because it's just so weird hearing people singing the songs and the whole time they're sinking underwater as they're trying to sing. Wow. <laughs> and they're falling off of these rafters. I'm like, God. that would be such a bizarre theater experience. And
2: I thought like, I was crazy because I wanted to do Romeo and Juliet in a swimming pool with mermaids. <laughs> and so
0: that was my dream as a Move, kid. Oh
1: Moulin oh. Rouge is in Boston right now and it's killing me not to be able to just go. She
2: goes to it.
0: There are some fantastic shots coming out from Matthew Murphy. There was this one he did with um, Karen Olivio. Dustin's going to plays, kill me if I go. And he shot it through the um, the neon of Moulin Rouge. So it's just the nice. outline of the, I think oh. it's the R or the O. And then she's in her red dress. Come on. And, oh, it's just, it's fantastic.
1: It's in Boston right now. Here, let oh, I take that go. road trip. Would you go.
0: Okay. But yeah, right. that's,
2: that's what I want to talk about. So does theater always have to be? And why does it have so much weight on it? Why can't we just have?
1: Okay, the, good. Yeah, that's so, interesting. So, Yeah.
2: I, I like to, I like Dee deep conversations. I'm sorry. I just... Could Medi- medieval times be considered theater? Yes. Oh, my gosh. St- the Sterling Stirl- go. Festival is theater,
0: live theater. So. Can we
1: have Kendra come in here? Yes, She's she may. That's She wrote an insane paper. I'm no going, papers. I'm
0: going to talk to Jack to see if we can get him here. Might not be able to on a Monday night.
1: I'm going to send you a video. The dark on Monday. I'm going to send you a video. Jack's
0: not at the theaters. He's got his own business. So. I
2: know, but...
1: He's-
0: Sure. All right. So uh that wraps up everything from our topic. Let's uh run through the rest of this and close up the show. Quickly. Rin to the kids corner.
1: Oh, kids corner. Uh I just threw this in because we just watched it. Secretariat is P G. It's on Netflix um August first. And uh it's just a it's a great show and it's a true story and it's pretty pretty freaking amazing. So um That's great. I say freaking during Kids Corner, but um, Secretariat—that's my. The
0: only section you can listen to is
3: right there.
1: Yeah. So, but it's PG. um, Nothing. Nothing major happens that I feel like would be like horrifying. Uh, Zoe really dug it. So, um,
0: are you talking about the show or Secretariat?
1: The movie. (laughs) Shush it. Um, The movie, but it's on. I rented it, and I just realized it's going to be on August 1st on Netflix so go see it on Netflix anyway there you go
0: cool Um, my score of the week is uh, is going to be Mission Impossible Fallout. go listen to it enjoy cumble numbers a lot of it is um, like I said it's percussion-y so a lot of it might sound repetitive but there are a few numbers that just stand out that are really fun to listen to and especially just when you hear that brassy Mission Impossible theme just digging through it's just like yeah it just feels good so that's that uh, any other things in the grab bag? No. Yeah. All right, Tony. What's on your queue for this week?
2: I'm planning on reading and watching a Young Doctor's Notebook. It's on Netflix. It has John Hamm and Daniel Radcliffe. Mm. So basically, sum up is about a doctor in 1917 Russia. My wife's on his, really for a long time known her. She's all into Russian history, but it's about in 1917. Um, 1917, the whole Russian War Civil War, a doctor in the countryside who's young, and they make fun of his height because Daniel's short and how there's flashbacks between his his older self talking to his younger self, and it's a lot of weird... Movie or series? It's a series. There's okay. two series. Two seasons. Sorry, I'm
0: is speaking... Daniel in Radcliffe's way. in it? Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes, yes. Oh. Produced by Netflix?
1: Wait a minute. Daniel produced Radcliffe by somebody and... Else? and, and uh, John him. Yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. Is uh, this produced by Netflix or is it produced by somebody
2: else? Uh, I think the BBC made okay. it,
0: and Netflix grabbed it, but yes. Because, so. like, man, this doesn't seem like something that... People looking? that Netflix would have grabbed. But yes.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm going to be watching it and reading the, the short stories that inspired it and get back to you on it.
1: Anything else you're doing? Hmm. What's in your queue? Uh,
0: no, no, just babysitting and...
1: Okay. Yeah. Ron?
0: Babysitting or being a father?
1: <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding. Okay. <laughs> Ron?
0: Uh, so, yeah, like I said, I watched uh, Sorry to Bother You. Go see it. Uh, in my queue and currently watching is Castle Rock. I can't wait. Um, I'm two episodes in. I hope it's, good. it's just starting to like, yeah, loving it. Uh, Orange is the New Black, uh, season just started, came out on, season just started. Season is out. It started on Friday.
1: Is this fizzling out yet? Or do you still think it's good?
0: I only watched one episode. I haven't been back to watch yet. It's because I'm like balanced between that and Castle Rock. And then, uh, one more was on my list here. Oh, oh, still going through Cloak and Dagger. Um, I've been catching up that on Hulu Handmaid's Tale. I still need to catch up now, but it's more of there's a lot of things in the queue and there's a lot of things to watch right now as the new seasons of stuff start hitting. So trying to catch up on two seasons of Handmaid's Tale during a busy season is going to be hard.
1: I understand. At least Glow is short It's going to be very hard to watch as well for you. Um, I went back in time. So... uh, now I'm starting to like reintroduce or show movies that uh, my niece is not seeing <laughs> so we watched Jerry Maguire today she Good. about melted and then uh, MI3 she enjoyed I talked about that we watched that one Royal Moms in the queue Christopher Robin which starts this Friday um, The Sinner I'm not sure about. it's on Netflix you can look it up it could be bad um, we started Dexter because I just thought she should see it and I love him Um, I saw him on Broadway, by the way, as Hedwig, and he was fantastic. And Glow, which I have not seen.
2: You should watch, um, what's it called? No, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, uh, Magnolia. I have seen it. Has she?
1: Magnolia? I don't know.
2: You should. It has Tom Cruise in it.
1: Well, I know. I I know. (laughs) I know. Um, That's intense. Good acting. But yeah, but Amy Mann in it. Soundtrack, fantastic.
2: He wrote the movie based on that. You heard music, but yeah, you should watch it. It's really, really good. I watched it in high school. So
1: good stuff.
0: Well, yeah, and as in my radar, there was actually no movies in theaters that are on my list outside of like the ones that I missed for the couple of weeks. The last, the next month is kind of I a dry. That. There's not, month. There's not a lot coming. So, out. but yeah. you have
1: kids, well, Christopher Robin. Looks my kids are at cute. camp,
0: and when they're home at night. The last thing they want to do is go out and see a movie. They're so wiped out from day camp.
1: I, I know. I'm just saying the weekend. I, uh, yeah. We are camp. We have no weekends open. I, no I've camps got. starting in August. So, yeah. And then August 10th is my last surgery. So I will be finished with this whole thing. So cancer-free, last surgery, and we're finished. So Ooh. awesome.
0: Awesome. Valerie, where can we find you in? on the social media networks?
1: I am VB Vidmar at, uh, on Instagram and on Twitter.
0: Awesome. And today.
2: I'm all over Facebook, as you all know, and I'm at S-M-T-O-R-C-H-I-O on Twitter.
1: I'm wrong. I am Penny Lane 64 on Twitter. Instagram. Instagram? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Los
0: Technically, there's a Penny Lane 64 account that she has too, but Okay. I'm. She doesn't yeah, have access to I it. People. You can find me pretty much everywhere as GF Media or at GF Media CEO. You can find us at culturalstew.net, at culturalstew.net on Twitter, and culturalstew on Facebook. And in case you don't listen to the end, we are also uh, always accepting support through Patreon to help us cover some of our monthly costs um, and help us bring the show to you. And please give us feedback on Facebook. Give us feedback on Twitter. Um, let us know that you're out there, what you want to talk about, what you like, what you didn't like, anything, even if you just want to say hi.
1: And now we have all these these uh, great music coming out of Rochester. Mm. And so if you want to be on here Please. and put your music on here, let us know.
0: Yep. All right. Catch you next time. The intro and break music is Please Listen Carefully by Jazir, available through the Creative Commons license from Free Music Archive. The outgoing music is provided by Epidemic Sound. Please see our show notes for details on what the outgoing song is and who it is by. And also, as always, if you have a piece of music that you'd like us to play or consider playing, please contact us today. you've heard? Want to continue to hear more? Please consider Patreon. What is Patreon, you ask? Patreon is a content creator support site, a way for people to support the things they love and allow creators to continue creating the content that they love. Please consider heading over to patreon.com slash gfmedia and becoming a Patreon supporter today.